to the members of the public that have joined us this evening. Please send me a chat if you'd like to speak on an agenda item. Let me know and please indicate which item number you wish to speak on. Uh, when it is your turn to speak, you will be unmuted. Your speaker timer will be displayed under the panelists named Council Chambers. It will be reset for each speaker. You will receive three minutes. Thank you. Andy? Yes? That's being updated right now. Okay, thank you.
Vice Chair Dunn, we're on the lookout for Chair Adelman. I don't see him yet. I don't have any correspondence from him yet. So hopefully he'll pop on shortly. Everybody else is here though? The other members? Yes. yes. Okay.
Vice Chair Dunn, I still don't see Chair Adelman, nor do I have any correspondence from him. Would the committee like to begin or would you like to wait uh, a bit longer? So you don't think he's trying to get on the way everybody else has tried to get on? He typically reaches out if he's having issues and I have been monitoring and haven't been contacted yet. I can try to give him a call. Would you like me to do that? Yeah, if you could just give him a quick call. If not, I'll start. Sure, hold on. Thanks. Vice Chair Dunn, I just spoke to Chair Adelman. 
he yep. asked if we could get started and take care of the minutes and he'll he'll join shortly. Okay. So I would like oh, sorry, go ahead. I did email you um, the chair notes too if if you needed those. I'll give it a shot. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you, Vice Chair Dunn. Um, I'd like to call the meeting of the March 3rd, 2021 Design Review Committee. And uh, could we please have roll call, Madam Clerk? Yes, Committee Member Gravin. Here. Committee Member Salti. Here. Committee Member Tomasello. Here. Vice Chair Dunn. Here. Chair Antelman has not joined yet. Okay. So now is the time we set aside for public communications. This is for um, any public communications that are not related to the projects that are on the agenda tonight. Madam Clerk, do we have any public speakers that are would like to speak on any items not related to the items on the agenda? No, we have several speakers for agenda items, but none without agenda item, agendized items. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So now we'll move on to consent item number one, approval of the design review committee meeting minutes for January 20th, 2021. Would anybody like to make a motion? Yeah, I'd make a motion to approve and thank you for, um, for you looking at the notes and I, I feel like everything I said is in there. Is there a second? Anyone? Second? <laughs> Can I second? Okay, I second this. Do we need roll call before I ask? ask yes, we do. May I ask a question? Yes. Uh, what, uh, are we talking? We're talking about uh, the two meetings ago, right? The one that has some stricken and some added. The January twenty. January twenty. Yeah. So, what? Um, ask staff why you struck the not opposed to modern design, but I but I also want to commend you on uh, the rewriting of it because it, it, the addition helps out a lot. I think it's the tenor of the meeting a lot better. Um, just because I didn't want to get specific. Um, I don't but think it was, it, but it, was it, it was said at, uh, um, at 1 hour 53 and 2 seconds. Say that again. <laughs> what? So, okay. Thank you. Just a quick question on the motion. Is this just for the January 20 minutes or is this also the 17th, February 17th? I was just going to ask Madam Clerk if I, if she wants us to approve these separately. Uh, generally, we approve them both unless there's um, items to, to discuss. If, if you don't um, approve one set of minutes, you can hold over on those, but generally you approve them both at the same time. I would probably just need to abstain from the February 
minutes says um, I had to recuse myself from one of the items. He can still. Given given that, I would take them individually and act on the January twentieth and then the February seventeenth separately. Okay. So do we have we have a motion and a second on the January twentieth twenty one without any further comments? And Madam Clerk, can you please do roll call? Committee member Groudon. Uh, yes, I guess. Yes. Committee member Salty. Yes. Committee member Tomasello, or are you abstaining? Sorry. Yes, to the January 20th. Perfect. Vice Chair Dunn? Yes. And now Chair Gentleman is still absent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, and now for the February seventeenth, twenty twenty-one minutes. Would someone like to make a motion or have any comments on them? Confused. So, if there's no comments, would someone like to make a motion? There's only two of you that can make motions. William or, or Daniel. Sure, I'll make a motion to approve. Thank you, and I'll second the motion. Madam Clerk, can you do roll call, please? Yes. Committee member Grattan. Yes. Committee member Salty. Yes. Committee member Tomasio. I'm staying. Committee member Dunn. Yes. And Chair Antelman is absent. Okay, I guess I'll keep plowing ahead, I suppose. Um, formal items for tonight. Item number two is uh, project 13740, the Hawaiian Village Design Review. Is the um, Who's the project? Is Elizabeth there? Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, has there been any um, um, communication with the applicants outside of the outside of these meetings? I hear no. So, would uh, Elizabeth like to make a presentation? Yes, good evening, Design Review Committee. Tonight we are reviewing a new residential apartment project known as Hawaiian Village, located at 998 Church Street. Next slide. The project is located in the hillside area of downtown and was the previous location of a 52-unit apartment building, also known as Hawaiian Village. The apartment building was lost during the 2017 Thomas Fire. The site is a split zone property with the portion of this with the with the portion of the site south of Church Street zone T4.1 in the downtown specific plan and the portion north of Church Street zoned R35. The land use designation of the entire property is downtown specific plan. Next slide. 
This is a view of the project site at the edge of church of the church street driveway looking southeast. This is after the, um, the site was cleared after the Thomas fire. Next slide. The original Hawaiian village apartments were 52 units and was lost in the Thomas fire. The previous building was a 59,105 square foot three story building that was 34 feet tall and 249 feet from sea level for hillside high calculations. City Council approved an emergency ordinance for expedited review of Thomas fire rebuilds, including both single family residences and multifamily residences. Next slide. This is just a view of the of the same building, um, but from the but from the east. Um, in particular, reconstruction of legal non-conforming structures that did not meet hillside height were allowed to rebuild to the previous height if there was no changes in the roof ridge line. In the case of Wine Village, the roof changed from a gabled roof to a flat roof, requiring a hillside height variance. Had the project been rebuilt like for like the previous building, like for like of the previous building, there would have been no DRC review. However, because the applicant chose to rebuild a different design, a different design, DRC is required. However, the Thomas Fire Emergency Ordinance only requires two DRC meetings and gives the community development director a recommendation for a decision. Next slide. The project was first reviewed by the DRC on March 4th, 2020, and they provided the following comments on the project. The success of the project depends on execution of hillside height architecture, of hillside architecture with references to European locations that step down hillsides. Material changes in the driveway area should be made to make the project a more comfortable pedestrian experience, recognizing the large amount of driveway area necessary for the project. Reducing the building height by working, by working with the site topography and reducing plate heights, ensuring rooftop equipment is screened from the neighbors above, and allowing the project to create spaces for landscaping and enhance the plant palette with a more native plant species. Next slide. The proposal of the new 64 unit apartment project located within four buildings, 81 within four buildings, 81 parking spaces are provided, 72 covered and nine uncovered. Open spaces provided in open courtyards in buildings D, rooftop decks in buildings C and D, and open play areas between buildings A and B. The proposed site plan was revised by opening the courtyard in, in building D to be more usable and expand the southern views of the building as viewed throughout downtown. The landscape was enhanced to provide pedestrian pathways around the site, and the landscape palette was enhanced with more native and drought tolerant plants incorporated into the landscape design. Next slide. The previous Hawaiian village was constructed prior to the hillside height regulations and had a maximum height of 249 feet measured to the ridge line. The maximum allowed building height is 240.3 feet above sea level. These diagrams show us the building massing of the original building and how it relates to the new proposed building. We can see in the bottom diagram, the building height does not exceed the maximum height of the previous building. And along the southern edge of the site, the building height meets previous height. The applicant team has revised the plan since the March 2020 DRC hearing by reducing plate heights, eliminating three-story elements from buildings A, C, and D, and only building B is three stories. Next slide. This is building A. Building A is located at the north end of the site and is a two-story building with parking on the ground floor. 
The building does exceed hillside height by four feet three inches for parapets to screen rooftop mechanical equipment. And in these diagrams, you'll see that the green dashed line represents the maximum allowed hillside height, and the red line represents the height of the previous building. Next slide. This is building B, and it's located in the middle of the site on the western edge. It's a three-story building with parking on the ground floor, and it does exceed hillside height by nine feet. And again, the green line represents what's allowed by hillside height, and the red line represents what the previous Hawaiian building, what the previous Hawaiian village building height was. Next slide. Building C is located in the middle of the site at the eastern edge. It's a two-story building with parking on the ground floor and does exceed the height by two feet eight inches for the rooftop deck parapets. And again, the, the, green, the, the green line represents the allowed height by hillside height, and the red line represents the height of the previous Hawaiian village building. Next slide. And building D is located along the southern edge of the site and is, is a two-story building. The roof meets the allowed building height. However, they've added an elevator tower, which does exceed the height by two feet. And again, the green line represents the height that's allowed. And you can see that, that the roof does meet that. You can see the, um, a portion of the elevator tower sticking up um, above, the red, above the green line. However, the red line does represent what the um, allowed height is, what the previous height was of the, of the original Hawaiian building. Next slide. The building architecture is modern contemporary with large recessed windows, flat roofs, and rectangular design along with, along with Spanish eclectic elements such as flat white stucco walls and ornamental parapets. These are renderings of buildings A, B, and D seen from the west. In response to DRC comments, building A, which is located on the left, on the left portion of the screen, was revised by moving the building away from the edge of the slope and the building was lowered down into the site to better fit with the topography. Parking was also reconfigured for building for utility placement. Building B, which is located in the middle of the slide, was modified by pulling it away from the slopes in order to minimize impacts to the properties to the west. Next slide. These are renderings of buildings C and D as they're viewed from the east side of the property. Building C is located um, towards the top of the, towards the top, and remove, and that building was modified by removing the three-story elements, making it two stories to better preserve the views from the north. And private out, and a private outdoor patio was added to the rooftop. Next slide. And this is building D. Um, this is a building that that is along the entire southern edge of the property. The building was modified by removing all three-story elements and the lowest level courtyards were rotated to open up the space in response to DRC comments. Ramps that were within the design were removed and an elevator was, was added. The building finished floor was lowered to reduce the overall building height. Next slide. And this is a rendering of the driveway that's located between buildings B, C, and D. In this rendering, you can see that they've added um, some enhanced pavement to, um, to enhance the pedestrian experience as, as you walk around the site. Next slide.
staff has received 77 public comment letters from neighbors surrounding the project site. Concerns included the requested height variance, private view impacts, and fire access. Staff understands the community's concerns. However, since the March 2020 DRC meeting, the applicant team has modified the project design by using site topography to redistribute building massing, lowering the hillside height variance request, and opening up the buildings and courtyard spaces to establish view corridors within the site. These modifications to the project design helps the project contextually fit within the existing single family neighborhood. Next slide. And staff recommends the design review committee provide comments to the planning commission on the overall project. And that concludes my presentation and my applicant also has a presentation tonight. Thank you, Elizabeth. Do the members of the committee have any questions for the city at this time? I hear nothing. I have a question. The um, so I, I know that the exception and the administrative variance is for the overall height, right? What what's the warrant for? Is that for the height as well? The warrant's for parking placement. Um, parking placement? Parking placement within the rear 50% of the lot. Um, the downtown specific plan has requirements that the parking be placed in the rear 50% of the lot and portions of the of the site, just the way that that it works, there's portions of the parking that, that don't meet that requirement. So a warrant's required for it. So they go it goes over 50%? It's um it's closer to the front property line than 50%. Do you don't know what the percentage is? I don't. Off the top of my head, I'm sorry, Karen. I don't remember. Okay. And the the heights all start from originally from the top of the retaining wall from elevation 203 up to 240. So for hillside height calculations, um, we take a average elevation along the front property line five equal distance points average it. So basically it's taking it from sea level. So from zero is where we measure. And then we would measure that up. Um, so the restriction of the height is up to 240, but there's no restriction down as low as the property line to the lower elevation. So I guess I'm asking if the existing building uh, bottom floor was at 203. Is this new building, does that start at 203 elevation as well? Or is it lower or higher? That I don't recall. Um, okay. The architect could maybe help us answer that question. Okay. And then on the retaining wall, are they replacing like for like on that front retaining wall? And does that need a perm? Does, I mean, does that need any kind of variance or something because of the height of it? So you're thinking the retaining wall that goes that's um, along that entire um, hillside frontage that takes us down to Inspiration Way? Uh-huh. I'd want to double check. I'd want to check with the architect, but I believe that wall is staying in place. They're just um, enhancing it up up at the top um, where this where the where they're rebuilding the project. So the vertical heights are the same as we're existing. Ask the architect. 
Yeah, I'd want to check in with Ed and make sure, Ed Vicente, and make sure that, that I have that correct. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Um, is the applicant ready for a presentation? Oh, I'm sorry. Tony, you have a question? Yeah, sorry, Fiona. Can I ask one, one question of staff? Um, Elizabeth, can you discuss where the uh, required open space is on, on the site? Nede, can we go to the site plan? Okay. So um, I'm pointing to Meyer and I'm realizing that doesn't help. Um, so building A is located um, up there at the northernmost portion of the site. And then just, um, you see the fire engine turnaround there? That is open space. That's an active play area that they provided. So between buildings A and B, there's active play area. We've got the courtyard. Um, along the bottom um, in building D, we've got open courtyard areas that are activated um, with seating and with barbecue areas. And then they've got rooftop on building C and D. Um, building C is on the eastern edge of the site where Netta's dot is, and then building D is along the bottom. Well, thank you. Are there any further questions for the city at this time? Okay, thank you. Now is the applicant available to make a presentation? Yes, I'll have to unmute them. Give me one moment. Thank you. And Madam Clark, if we can also move them up as panelists, please. Thank you. All three applicants have been made panelists. Hello, applicants. Hello, Vice Chair Dunn and fellow committee uh, committee members. Good evening to you. My name is Edward Devicente, architect with DMHA. Uh, we have uh, given our limitation of only two visits to you, this being our second, and some of the complexities of the site, we like to request uh, a presentation time of 20 minutes to get through all the slides we have uh, and also given the public interest. So all the issues are properly uh, presented. Um, is that a possibility, Vice Chair Dunn? I'm fine with it, Madam Clerk. Is everybody okay with that? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Thank you very much. And thank you staff for the presentation. Um, we're gonna be careful not to repeat what staff had and really just emphasize a couple of other additional points. Um, it's been just about a year since we uh, last presented this project to you and we're excited to be back. So along the way, I'll also talk about what we've been up to uh, since we last saw you in addition to the design response at DRC. Uh, next. Um, next. So again, uh, picking up where staff kind of mentioned Got a couple of slides to remind folks of what the Hawaiian Village building looked like pre-fire. Here's at the entrance at the bottom of the driveway. And this is the three-story uh, portion of the building that 249 ridge height is from this building. Next slide. Just to the left of this was the pool and pond area and court. 
Next. On the west side, and, and again, the three-story mass here were the 249 Ridge, uh, as you've seen mapped out. Next. And finally, the south face or the city facing side. Uh, and so here, as you saw, it's this ridge was just just a bit above the height, hillside height ordinance or limit at about 240.3. But you can see the face; um, it's much taller than 34 feet. That 34 feet was the three-story portion as measured. And I'll just answer staff's or sorry, uh, Vice Chair Dunn's question. Uh, you can see the little holes on the left. There's actually a crawl space under there, which was part of its demise, just air moved through the building and some of the embers uh, just traveled through this building. And so, um, uh, as you'll see in our site section, uh, we're not proposing to build an exact location and walk through that uh, for that reason. And so, next slide. The post-fire condition, next slide. As staff showed, this is our uh, current condition. And I just want to highlight here that uh, in our proposed project, the majority of the palms will be taken away. There are very few left um, on the site or around the site. Next. Quickly, just introducing our team. Next. AJ, Vetti, uh, AJ Vito Family Trust, they've been the owners of the property for over 30 years. And their second generation, uh, second generation is going to manage the property, and they've been working this, with us in the redesign for the last three years. Uh, Blue Studio is a change to our team. It's a new landscape architect we've brought on to assist us to address the design and the uh, DRC's comments. And the rest of the team is listed there, and they're the same team. Next. As staff mentioned, the key site challenges were the fire department access uh, to the new uh, buildings and their requirements for access to all new of all our new construction. The topographic challenges, which you will see, uh, the multiple zoning split down the middle, and also that the southern half of the project uh, is uh, the form-based code, the downtown specific plan applies. Next. So first we'll dive into the site challenges related to access. There's one central drive that comes off Church Street and drops about 20 feet to the site. Uh, uh, the main level is about 215. Next. And here we're just overlaying the topographic map so you can see. So really the blues and the greens are the flat portions of the site and really where we have our building pads. And in magenta, you can see it's fairly steep to the west, to the north, and to the south. Uh, and so I just want to highlight these, these kind of constraints, which really limited where we could put buildings. Next. Here are the multi-zoning. It really cuts through the middle, which we, you're uh, familiar with now. Next. And here I just want to do a quick comparison. Uh, in red was the previous footprint. Uh, the pre-fire footprint with the carports and the buildings. And next. Here we're just highlighting the footprint of the proposed buildings. And you can kind of see the overlay. And we're going to study this in more section so you can better understand why things ended up where, where we put them. Next. 
So here are the main comments uh, staff presented from last time. Uh, we're gonna break them into two chunks. So let's go to the next. The first we're gonna really get into the overall mapping in terms of neighbors and also uh, the hillside architecture and also the height variance, the, the three-story portions we had on most of the buildings and how we dealt with that. Next. This is the site plan we presented to you last time. I wanna highlight a couple of the key points of, of things that were an issue that we addressed. Next. First, you can see in the Northwest of building B, we were really into that uh, higher slope area and we wanted to make sure we pulled away from there for constructability and just impact to the hillside. Next. The other key issue raised by the DRC was uh, really on building D on the south, how that looked relative to the design and, and, um, and also the courtyards and just that relationship between the buildings and the site and also the presence to the city. Next. And the key thing was really the three-story portion. So here we've highlighted that. You can see where on each of those buildings on each virtual property line, uh, each virtual parcel, the specific plan allows 20% three-story and we, this is how that resolved itself in the previous design. And we'll talk about how we dealt with that next. Now our proposed site plan, next. So as you can see in this area, the Northwest corner building B, we really pulled the structure away. Um, it's a little hard to see here, but as we go through the 3D views, you'll get a better sense of that. Next. The other key area was the required fire access drive uh, and how we dealt with that for more, to be more pedestrian friendly. Uh, my associate Ryan Mills will take you through that next. The other major comment was just how uh, we could rearrange the building massings, and in particular the required side courts for each virtual parcel. And Ryan will take you through that as well. Next. So to deal with the, the, the really the main issue that we had was we took the three-story uh, components, which are on buildings B, C, and D, and we consolidated them all onto building B. So this was the really in an effort to place the massing where it previously was um, closest to uh, per, where it was before. Um, and let's take a closer look at that in section so you can see the comparison to the pre-fire building. Next. So to the right-hand side is the proposed, uh, actually not the proposed building B. So this is the previous design we presented to you last time. I wanna just highlight a few things here. In purple, is, in shaded, is the pre-fire building. So you can see there the ridge on to the right-hand side. Next, just gonna highlight that. The pre-fire height, the 34 feet, this is where that's measured. Next. And carrying that across, next. And you can see a portion of building D, that three-story portion, which was uh, greater than the mass on that side of the property. And we'll show you how we dealt with that. Next. 
and next. So we really just took that massing on building D and just relocated it onto building B, just consolidating it around uh, where the previous ridge height was, the highest point of the project. Next. So here's our new proposed design, actually cutting through the floor plates and the roof, and you can get a sense of how uh, that looks relative to the previous uh, building. So I do want to point out here, uh, because of the specific plan and the requirements of that, we weren't able to build exactly where the massing was. Uh, that's just the <laughs> challenge of building um, on the hillside, really, and all the virtual lots. Next. And next, and here we're just highlighting that we worked really hard to, even though we've got the three-story portions of building B, we're really trying to keep them under that 34-foot height. And you'll better understand that as we look through the view simulations. Next. Next, we're just going to look through the middle of the site. Um, and Ryan will take you through a little bit of, of how we did this, but I'm going to look at a little more massing here and highlight a couple points. Next. So here we are again on the left, the, uh, the southern face, the pre-fire in red, and our proposed. Next. And next, again, highlighting the hillside height and just emphasizing that line. And as you can see, this makes it really clear, just there's no way that we could rebuild the project uh, without going over the hillside height. So really in any configuration we came up with, there'd be a modification request. Next. And here I just wanna highlight the proposed massing relative to that height and also the pre-fire building outline. Just really trying to simplify it for clarity so the commission can, uh, the committee can really understand what we've done. But I do wanna highlight one thing on the left-hand side, and this kind of, this goes to Vice Chair Dunn's question. So on the left-hand side, you can see the tall red face of before. And again, the crawl space that, uh, that, that was underneath the floor. And so the floor actually, we're at about 203.5, so very close to the previous uh, lower floor. And on the left-hand side, there is an encroachment as allowed in the specific plan of up to six feet for walkways and balconies. And that's what we have here. And that's primarily for the fire department requirement to have access all the way around the building so they can place ladders there if they need to rescue folks along that front edge or on the second floor there. So that's a requirement um, from the fire department that we have that, that uh, walkway uh, or that's our front retaining wall. So here we're just gonna look at some east-west sections just for context. Next, through building D. The property line on the left and right, and just a comparison of the pre-fire. And really this is, this portion of the site was where their carports were, which is why there is reduced massing. I just wanna give you a sense of how, how it looks through this, uh, these cuts and some of the virtual property lines. East-West again to the taller building, B and C, next. And here again, so you can get a better understanding of the relationship from the previous three-story massing. Here we're pretty close to the old envelope, actually, and just, um, and, and then to the right-hand side building, C, was just a carport before, but that's where we're proposing 
the um, two-story building C units. Next. Lastly, building A. Um, previously, this was a parking lot up here. Next. And here you see the relationship of the hillside to the right. And we have a retaining wall for some carport parking. Uh, there in the middle is our driveway, which we have an easement for neighbor access that continues up to the north part of the site. So that's the opening there. And then our tuck under parking. And then here you can, uh, at the buildings, you can see where we've lowered it down and graded down a little lower than before. Uh, and this is to start to get to a balanced grading uh, for the entire property. Next. The next comments are really about the design and how we broke the massing in more detail and also the landscape hardscape. So with that, I'm gonna pass it to my partner, Ryan Mills, and he'll continue on. Great, thank you, Ed. Um, so in the next couple slides, I'll, I'll talk about overall strategies uh, to how we massage the site, and then I'll also include uh, Guillermo with the landscape and hardscape design as part of that. So you can see here in this bundle of comments, uh, the, the comments we're considering the, the widening all of the public courts, kind of all of the people spaces, breaking up the massing, uh, making it less rigid, making the project feel less car oriented, um, and then all the way to creating some more spaces for landscape and uh, including native landscape. So we've achieved all those things. So I'll take you through those really quickly. Next. Here's, here's a view of the overall site. Uh, we can click next. Actually, hold there for one second. So um, there's really three main areas that I think we'd like to talk about. Next, I think a box will come up. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so first, um, this large central uh, promenade is what we're calling it now. Originally, it was primarily used for getting cars to, to all the parking structures under all of the units. Um, and the original comment was it felt too car-centric. So we've worked really hard. We've increased it, increased the width. We've uh, really amplified and created zones for uh, new hardscape areas, increased landscaped areas, and included trees. So we, we carefully placed and broke up this to be as much of a people space as an auto space. Next. And then perhaps more importantly, the previous design only had two side courts. This, this central area was very pinched and it really was just a place to ramp down to a lower courtyard. So our big move this time was we previously had bridging that crossed these two lower buildings. We've eliminated that by introducing an elevator tower. Um, and then we played with the side yard uh, location. So what we did was we consolidated to have one large central uh, gathering space for the project. This is now sort of the heart of this project for its residences. So you can see a, a very generous, uh, on the top half, there's this upper central courtyard with amenities. And then, and then below, likewise, there's um, a lower court. So both kind of provide views, amenities, a gathering space. And let's hit next. 
And then likewise, along the south face, there's additionally two more sidecar courts. So we've, we've between opening up, consolidating the center courts, and then you can also see along the south elevation, why don't we hit next, along the south elevation, we've rotated and played, yeah, so along this face, we've actually rotated these two central uh, couples of units. Um, and what that did was it created just a little more organic rhythm along the south face, which most people experience. And then it also just created a little more interesting opportunities for landscape. So we landed with far more uh, outdoor space. Um, and I think that was a question from um, uh, Mr. Tomasello. We are providing outdoor areas now. So there's two main central ones. There's these two side courts below for building D. And then as well, you'll see on top of C, which is attached to grade along church there, is there, that's a main gathering and outdoor space. And then in building B, you can see as well, there's include, besides the, the fire truck area, there's also a plaza. So every building has its own outdoor space. Building D has three, actually four of them. Next. So really quickly, I'd like to hand it off to uh, uh, Guillermo Gonzalez with Blue Studio to take us through the landscape, and then I'll hop back on to show you some 3D Thanks. views of the project. Thank you, Ryan. So, uh, so we, we need to the project, so we, we took this project and uh, introduced a, a new um, landscape approach. Uh, we have introduced a Mediterranean and native palette, and um, to complement the character of the city of Ventura and also comply with uh, the fire requirements uh, and water requirements for the site. There was a lot of new fire requirements for the, for the site. So um, quickly uh, on this slide around the per entire perimeter of the site, we have gone with a native palette to, you know, you know so when you look at the, at the site from the city, it kind of melts into the hillsides. Can uh, we go to the next slide, please? Uh, oh, oh. Wow, <laughs> just went to the end. Whoa. We're blowing through it here. Ah, it's done. I think can we, someone- Can we back up the slides a little bit, please? Back up to the landscape. Looks like someone's holding down a button. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> give, me one, give me one moment. My computer just went haywire. Sorry about that, everybody. No worries. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's doing it again. Huh. Let's try this again. Again, I apologize.
Let's try it this way. Maybe that'll help. I apologize. No worries. Uh, so here we are looking at uh, the promenade. We also what is basically the driveway for the parking lots in between the buildings. And um, we took that space and made it uh, warmer, more pedestrian friendly. We introduced uh, soft color uh, paving and, and natural materials. We also maximized the amount of uh, planting space that we could have while maintaining the fire department requirements. Uh, next. Here's a close up of the same area. Um, we also uh, tried to uh, soften the fire truck requirements. There is, you know, uh, turnarounds and so on. So we uh, integrated them into the paving so they wouldn't become a, a standalone item. Uh, next. That's next. We can zoom into the central courtyard. Uh, we make that a space, a people space. Uh, we introduce areas for seating, uh, people to socialize with each other, and uh, again, maximize the ability of uh, placing trees on key locations so we can provide some shade. And uh, we can go to the next one. Now, that space continues into a lower courtyard. Next. Here again, we uh, introduce views. Uh, we open the views to the south to the ocean, uh, brought in some seating space and create a space that is uh, attractive while uh, still maintaining all the requirements for fire department, which is very low planting around the building. So everything you see here is uh, three inches, three to six inches high. And, uh, and then as we go away from the building, we can go into a taller planting like three or six feet. Next, uh, we also um, have the new courtyards at the end, and those are more uh, private in nature. Next, again, we, we make them into a small oasis, uh, introduce some uh, water elements and soft hardscape material. Next, and then the slope on the south. Uh, Next, that's one of the comments we uh, saw that were given to us on the from the previous presentation, and it's the idea of uh, softening that uh, those buildings from downtown. So we are introducing uh, native planting mm -hmm. underneath and oak trees, and the trees are strategically placed to screen the building but maintain views from the building out to the ocean. Next. It's a section through the center of the plaza and how the trees are placed and um, how the spaces are relating to each other. And next, that's uh, our, our planted palette, which is Mediterranean and, and native planting in nature and uh, introduction of soft, warm, uh, hardscape materials. And I think that's it. Uh, what, uh, one other item that I didn't mention is that uh, you can see it on this slide is a introduction of a uh, stairs that you can uh, access the southern slope uh, that is the slope outside the below the retaining wall for maintenance and uh, to maintain the space in order to comply with the fire department requirements and that's uh, the end of my presentation so right great 
Thank you, Guillermo. Okay, so what, what I'd like to do now is just, so what does all of this look like? So you've got a lot of information and then, so we've provided a bunch of views just to, I think, better feel out what do, how do people actually experience this? So this slide is, you know, on, from the Southwest corner looking up. So I think I'd like to point out a few things. So just in general, the mat massing, compare this to the previous Hawaiian Village project. So we've broken it down to these sort of couplets of units you can see how they've shifted and turned along that south facade and it's hard to see here we'll look at the next one but you can see now even the height that's broken down to uh, the base wall that fire access is a earthen sculpted uh, concrete block so it looks it's more natural in color and it's screened by landscape and the trees and then that really takes up a third of that height. And then really above that, what we're seeing is just two levels of those stucco units. So let's go to the next slide. We get a little closer and we've slid towards the middle. So this is a great view showing that new slice down the middle of the project. Again, this is a great place to see the site wall, kind of how we're breaking up that nearly 40 feet into much smaller chunks. So, you know, we envision this, the lower plinth will just kind of start to disappear, especially from down below in the community. And then really what's left are these smaller uh, Mediterranean boxes. Let's go next. Just a view, kind of a drone view from the southeast corner, showing how we're stepping up and following the topography. Let's go next. Here we are at the southwest corner, the opposite side. Again, the difference between the previous Hawaiian Village building was a solid mass across this whole face. You can see how now we have, we broke it up into three main parts and there's air space in between each as they step up the hill. Let's go next. This is a view from across Colorama, again, just to see kind of the A, B and C buildings and how they're spaced out across the site. Next. And then we've just created a few because we can kind of to give you a tour of the project. So this is at the entry of our project atop uh, a church. Uh, on the right side is the hill. And what I'd like to point out on the left is our building C. So for reference, you can, as you approach, it actually reads as a one-story building. That's where one of the roof decks are. And then we drop down the church entrance and you see directly ahead is that tallest building C. Let's go next. And then as we get down that drive, I just pointed you to, and yep, you can go next. Get down, and then as you turn left, here we are. This is that opened up view. So you get that break between the buildings beyond and the horizon and island views. Next, again, to create this more people centric, this is the path just in that making our way. You can see we've We've uh, enlarged all the landscape areas. We have sinuating paths for the people to so made it a much more comfortable place for people. Next. And then as we get closer, here we are near the promenade, again, looking through that upper center court. Next. Here we're in the promenade building, looking back west to our building, uh, our building B. That's our tallest one, looking west. And then next. And then here we are, we're actually standing between building A and B, looking south towards B, again, our largest building. The foreground, you can actually see, this is that fire truck uh, pullout 
Um, and again, it doubles as even in these spaces that are required, we wanted them to feel more like plazas than just uh, say a, a fire truck turnout. Uh, next. And then just in general, the overall palette is pretty simple. We wanted it to be a combination of of kind of coastal California, but a simple contemporary Mediterranean project. So we're using warm white stucco uh, throughout the project for buildings. And you can see here, we're specking. So for all of the bases and that site wall, we have this fluted textured earthy color block. So it kind of looks more like quarried stone. And then all of the metalwork doors and windows will be a warm bronze color. Um, and we have light trellis work and then fairly simple light structure. So a very neutral, soft, simple palette. And then Ed, I believe that's, so that's it for the architecture. And I think Ed has a couple more points to make and that'll wrap us up. Thanks, Ryan. Next. So the next two slides are the fire access. Um, we've worked with the fire department uh, for a couple of years now, uh, very, very carefully on all their access requirements. And I kind of touched on that. So this is the ground level and below, really to show their staging points and hose length. Next. And since we there is special requirements for three-story buildings, it becomes aerial. And these provide the clear areas for them. And since we've consolidated the three-story uh, components to just building B, it's a lot easier. They'll, they'll only need aerial access to that one building, but it will be on both sides, north and south. Next. In your drawings package, we have pretty detailed specific downtown specific plan analysis and requirements. Uh, so let's pass the next four slides just to make you, and this we can go through in more detail if you have questions. The other key point, the other thing we've been working on is because, uh, because we are proposing more than 52 units, which burned down in 64, uh, there's some additional requirements. So what you did not see last time and we do have now is a stormwater basin. This is a concrete basin. It'll be under the promenade and it'll be uh, below. Next. And then at the lower level, additional drainage, we've added stormwater filtration. That's at the lower level in front of our retaining wall. All this as well will be below grade. And another key thing for protection for our lower neighbor, we have a new concrete drainage swale, which we've added across that entire south frontage. Um, it's just a, a, a foot or so off the property line. And that's a three foot wide concrete swale that collects any runoff and puts it through the stormwater system, uh, reducing runoff, hopefully eliminating it to our south neighbors. Next. And here, a quick statistical comparison of the pre building, 52 apartments, you see the mix of bedrooms and uh, apartment types and 169 residents. The square footage, 59,000 and an average per unit of 1,137. And the project had 85 parking spaces proposed. And again, I think I've explained, well, I mean, 64 apartments in our unit mix with less bedrooms, again, to comply with the specific plan, 143 residents. So 100, or, 26 less residents, and our rentable square footage is down 15,000 square feet, really drops our average per unit, and 81 parking spaces. Next. And primarily that was just because in order to comply with the specific plan on the site and the topography and all the opening frontage requirements, uh, we couldn't make the project any bigger. 
So one of the key issues raised last time and also from neighbors since is really how does it look uh, and what concern of view blockage. So we did view simulations starting up Calorama. Next. We've got four of these and then we're really, really wrapped up. So here's the uh, Hawaiian Village project pre-fire massing. Next. And here's our proposed project. So let's go back. Another thing to point out is the, the power poles will be undergrounded. And there's a eucalyptus tree there in the foreground by building A, that's a fire tree. Uh, also will be removed as part of the project as well as the palms. Next, again, to compare. So if you look at that ridge line where building B was, there's really a negligible difference between what we've proposed, even though the mass of three-story massing is bigger in footprint, um, it's really the view, the view difference from here is pretty minimal. And this is a zoomed in photo from standing there. We're pretty far away. Next. The next location is a little further down Calorama um, at the newly constructed um, Harbor View apartments. Next. Again, the pre-fire mast. Next, and our proposed project. So here you see more prominently building A, which is a parking lot before, and building B in its three-story portion. Back, just to compare again, back once. And again, forward, proposed. And you can see the massing breakups too, um, compared to the building before. Next. Two more view sims. Now we're on the other side on our neighbors above church. Next. Here it is here, looking down to the parking lot and the old massing. Here you can see the three-story portion and then the south front, the two-story portion there. Next. Our proposed project there. And here you can get a real sense through the middle, the opening of the middle of the project, how that court starts to look. Back one, just a quick toggle again. And then next. So we've worked really, really hard to, from the perspectives all around, to really kind of match the ridge lines um, uh, of the project and not to add any mass from what was there before uh, in these view lines. Next, this is probably the most, one of the most impacted neighbors, just above, a little lower. Next, and here you can get a real sense of the impact of the proposed project versus the pre-fire uh, building. Here it is again, and next. So again, here in the foreground, you have more of an impact where our building B three-story portion is. Let's go back one again. Again, recon uh, really consolidating that into where the previous three-story was. Next. And um, next, I think that's really it. So really we're, the big points were consolidating the three-story mass, dealing with the promenade, um, and really opening up where we had massing. And we're really constrained just by the specific plan on how the building played out. So we're happy to answer any questions you all have to the best of our ability. Thank you.
Thank you. Those are just some older older slides from previous presentation. If you wanted to refer back to those. Well, not that one. <laughs> uh, are there any questions of the applicant from the board members at this time? Just one question, Chair Dunn. Um, maybe we can go to that that site plan with um, that that shows you know the uh, the southern the southern property line. I was curious what the setback is, uh, the wall from that southern property line, and if that is any any closer than what was there before. I think it was answered in the presentation. I just wanted to confirm. Vice Chair Dunn, if we could have a one minute pause, uh, we're going to be switching over who's going to be doing the presentation. So we'll able to be in slideshow mode. So um, then we'll be able to go to the site plan as, as, as was requested. So if we could have one minute for uh, the clerk can change over the share to me instead of Netta. We apologize, everybody. My computer wants to not participate tonight. One last question. Um, Netta, what is your what is the approach you take on knowing which slide to go to? I have it on presentation mode on the background so I can pan. Can you text me that? All right, sure. Shall I answer the question? I might be able to help with slide numbers as well, Mr. Gilly. Nope. Peter, if you share, I can text you slide numbers. Okay, thank you. Can start with fifty. Oh, actually, you have your own slides. Never mind. You have yeah, that's speakers. right, Ed. You're the bigger master. <laughs> I caught on you, Nada. Um, I'm, I'm on. I'm with you. This slide's good, actually, to answer the question that uh, committee member Tomasello had. Shall I begin? Yes. Okay, great. So the rear setback is 25 feet. And that's really where the pre-fire building was. And as I mentioned, um, in a specific plan, you are allowed a six foot encroachment to that uh, within that. And that's where we put the uh, retaining wall. And there was a couple of reasons for that. Really the main reason was for that fire access all the way around that Southern edge for the fire department to place ladders. 
And also we wanted to break, as you saw in the pre-fire building, it really had a vertical face that had a perceived much taller building, or it was a really tall building. Uh, and we wanted to break that. Uh, that's another reason why we had that, the encroachment. Uh, so six feet, so 25 minus six, uh, we're at 19 feet, as opposed to the, the pre-fire building at 25 feet. Great, thank you. Do you have any other questions? Do any of the other board members have any questions for the applicant? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a cleaning crew halfway in, like during the presentation of my building. So I, I you might have addressed this. I just want to make sure. Um, for the mechanical screening, do, can you go over how you guys are screening your your mechanical systems, especially from above? And then if it's a parapet, how high that parapet is from the roof lines? I'm not. I think you guys might have addressed it, but I'm just not sure. Certainly. Uh, really, what you saw is in both elevation views and in the sections, we have a variety of parapet heights, and that's intended to, number one, break up the massing, but also to provide areas to hide the mechanical equipment. We're not anticipating a heavy amount of mechanical equipment here. Um, they're fairly small units, so mostly it'll be electric uh, heating, probably, and then just pipes for vents, plumbing vents, and water heaters. Uh, we will have solar on this, uh, and so we have the opportunity to lay those uh, fairly flat as well. Uh, but, and if we do have condensers, we probably will place them in the garage areas at the nose of the vehicles up high. So that's um, the, our strategy. Uh, we can certainly look at, there's a lot of, uh, in the roof plan, there's a lot of areas if you want to look in more detail, but that's the broad answer to the question, if that's helpful. Yeah, thank you. And uh, one one more thing. So you guys are bumping up your units by 12 units. Do you, do you feel like that's been problematic in the way that it's increasing your massing size because of your, your parking requirements? Um, great question. Uh, no, I mean, the, that's why I presented the statistics the way we did is if we just built the 52 units because of the requirements of the specific plan on the southern half of the parcel, um, we just can't get any more bedrooms. Um, that's just because of the complicated rules of the specific plan. So even with adding building A, which is 10 more units uh, and bringing us to, and then uh, two more, uh, units on building B, it really, we're, we're just struggling to get back to, you know, we're only getting to 143 residents and 44,000 rentable square feet. So that's 15,000 less square feet rentable for the project. So it's, they were much bigger units before with a lot larger number of bedrooms. So um, it's been a challenge, I'll, I'll just say that uh, from an account. And so if you look at the total uh, project statistics, that's why we wanted to present this to you and not just compare apartment uh, numbers. Then, uh, can I just ask one more question just to bug you? Um, you guys have a very limited palette. Maybe this should go to Ryan, but um, have you guys looked at changing or differentiating certain projects? If so, um, or if not, is there a reason why you just want to use like two materials throughout the entire site instead of switching? 
I will defer to Ryan on that one. Sure. Um, you know, we we addressed that comment or we received that comment last time and uh, we studied a couple options kind of both in roof form but material pallets um, and I mean the concept from the beginning was you know the original concept was that hilltop village something that's quite simple it was more about the massing uh, I think the idea of the pallet being simple to pay homage to some of those hilltop villages was desired by both the design team and ownership um, so, you know, it came up that we could potentially add, you know, between buildings, slightly different color variations. Um, but, and then in context, when you see many of these projects on the hillsides, even the ones adjacent on Colorama, you know, typically you would uh, grab one simple palette just so it sort of blends through. So we considered it um, and studied a couple different options, both in texture and color, but we as a design team just appreciated kind of the simplicity of keeping the palette very simple, keeping the landscape very simple. So if that answers your question. Yeah, thank you. Are there any more questions for the applicant from the board? So I have a question or two. Um, getting back to the retaining walls, the Top of the retaining walls are at 203 and then and the bottoms vary from 191 to 185. Were those original? I mean, the, the, is that wall similar to the previous wall that was directly below the previous building? I'm, I'm pretty sure that the walls that were visible were directly below rather than set in front of. Are they is it like for like in that retaining wall area or? Are they taller? Um, sure, Vice Chair Dunn. They're certainly not taller. Um, if they are only by six inches, um, really, the they are forward again because we talked about reducing the mass and not having them in plane with the building face. And there, um, it was really a crawl space before it was airspace. So the retaining walls were kind of. Um, yeah, it's hard to describe, but, uh, so they're not like for like, um, but they're, they're close. And was the previous building, the lowest finished floor elevation 203? I don't have the exact number, but that sounds pretty close to what it was. Okay. And then regarding the rooftop decks, I was only able to see and and um, maybe I just missed it. I saw the rooftop decking on sort of a mass form on building D. I, I don't know where the rooftop deck is located on building C. Perhaps you can locate that for me. And then could you also describe exactly what the treatment will be on those rooftop decks? What you're, I didn't see any information on exactly what you're doing up there. I don't know who, would that be a landscape question or I'm not sure who to ask that to. Yeah, let's start with um, Mr. Gilly. Do we have access to the project plans? If not, they are page A104. It's not in the presentation piece here. So 
that's the plan that really shows the roof deck locations most clearly. I'm not sure if we have access to that or not. Um, Ryan, do you want to talk about treatments for those areas? What our kind of design concept is while we try to pull those up? Sure. Yeah. You know, as they get pulled up, uh, I mean, in generally speaking, there's one. Uh, they're they're meant to be uh, private roof deck areas. There is. Oh, they are. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. There's one located. There's one located on Building C, and then as you get down to Building D. Kind of that middle row will identify there's one two i think three and then on the lower portion of d there's four locations and when we get that plan it'll be a little bit more clear so in each of these roof decks it, they're all they're really quite simple so we have those parapet walls that come up to to like guardrail height they're solid and they return back down and then there's really no amenities proposed for them. It's just really a gathering space for these units. Um, tile or Dexatex finish. So there's no extra pieces or trellises proposed. Um, so just access up. It's a rooftop area for people to, to spend time on, to soak up some sun, to perhaps, I mean, our hope would be to do some landscaping up there, an herb garden for cooking. So that's really what their intended use is. And if there's, did, where are we able to pull up the floor plans for that? There's a site plan, but I don't see, I'm trying to. Yeah, A104 and the project plans, if they're available. Yeah, I do see it here on A104 of the, of the PDF of the plans. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I see A104, I'm looking at it. Okay, so you can see, I'll do this from memory. So in building C, kind of at the top right, that top right unit that appears to be like a one-story unit from the entry, that's mm -hmm. one place we decided to provide for this building just because the massing was the lowest there relative to the, the street to the north. And then as you go down, you can kind of see along that middle row. I don't know if you could see on that sheet, A104. So yeah, it alternates, yep. And then okay. on the lowest portion, they're sort of one per couplet. Right. I, I see where they're located. I was just curious as to what what was included in within that guideline. And you're basically saying it's just yeah. a, a, a yeah. tile uh, or a, some sort yeah, of yeah. material. Do you have yeah, a color? Low. Do you have color of, colors in mind for the finish or anything? Yeah, it would be to match, again, going to our very simple Mediterranean palette, just like all the hardscape and stone and gravel elements, because the palette is kind of a warmish white, all of the hardscape uh, components are, are tans, like the gold colors, again, just that Mediterranean palette. And so the rooftop tile and Dexatex materials would mimic all of that sandstone warm color. Okay, and each again, each one of these decks is connected to only one or two apartments. Correct. Uh -huh. All okay. the community space. None of these are, in, are are meant or designed for community spaces. That's why we offered so many courtyards for every single building. Okay, and then over on Building B, where you pulled the building back away from the side yard property line, is that a a little courtyard as well that you've tucked in there? 
That is, yeah, there's two. There's that main central court with the little number 12 there, and then we replaced essentially that northwest corner. It used to be a unit. We removed about a unit's footprint and added a courtyard and access down to that the area to the north of the building as well. Okay. Um... That's all the questions I have for now. Thank you. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any public speakers at this time? Yes, we have 12 members of the public wishing to wishing to speak on this item tonight. I'm sorry, 10. Okay. Uh, I just want to make it really clear to the public that the the speaking times are limited to, I believe, three minutes. Is that yes. correct, Andy? And that um, after that three minutes, it'll just for the public's information, it'll just be cut off. There won't just so please, members of the public, please be aware that your comments are limited to three minutes and then the city clerk's going to come in and cut the cord. All right, Madam Clerk, will you please bring up the first speaker? Yes, yes, I will unmute Kelly Clark and then give me one moment to set the timer. Can you hear me okay? Yes, give me one moment. Let me know when to proceed. You can proceed now. Good evening, committee members. My name is Kelly Clark and I'm a resident of Ventura Seaview Hills, the condo complex behind the proposed project. I'm speaking to you this evening to ask you to recommend to the planning commission that the height variance not be granted and the Ventura Hillside ordinance regarding height not be exceeded. The project authorized by the variance will be detrimental to and adversely impact adjacent properties. There are no special circumstances related to the development of this site that will deprive the property of privileges enjoyed by other properties in the vicinity. The new buildings at Hawaiian Village can easily comply with a hillside height ordinance of 240 feet by reducing the height of the pad. Let me be more clear, this site is on a plateau and has breathtaking unobstructed views. The foundation of the new buildings are above the rooftops of the adjacent buildings below. By lowering the pad and complying with the hillside ordinance, the new buildings will still have breathtaking unobstructed views. And views of the 102 homeowners behind the complex at Seaview Hills will be less obstructed. So let the record reflect that the only reason the builder is requesting a height variance is for financial reasons. The city by ordinance is forbidden to grant variances for financial hardship. With respect for this body, as it is worth repeating, the city is forbidden to grant a variance for financial hardship. The 208 households living behind this project are counting on you to recommend to the planning commission that the height variances not be granted and the pad lowered to provide an acceptable and beautiful project for all. Thank you. Our 
Our next public speaker is Wendy Sauter. Wendy, you have been unmuted. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Good evening. As some of you may remember, last year's meeting was packed with neighbors concerned about the height variance being requested. The owner continues to request variances, yet there is no need for them. All pads should be graded down. The staff report even states, the building A pad was graded down to better incorporate the building into the site. This is exactly what can and should be done to all buildings, grade down. Eliminate the 5,200 cubic yards of fill, 520 dump trucks, and save the owner's money. By grading down as neighbors have suggested all along, this will reduce the massive retaining walls that will be required. The project will still have fantastic views and not adversely affect the residents surrounding the project. In addition, the staff report does not provide all the pertinent details. The report says that building B exceeds the hillside height by nine feet, matching the prior building. The report continues on to say because of this, the variance and exception for three buildings are acceptable and appropriate. This is not correct. Only a small portion of the original building exceeded the height by nine feet. The original building was one, two, and three stories. Approximately 80% of it was at or well below the height limit. Therefore, the justification cited is inaccurate and invalid. Building A is now being added. It did not exist before, and yet it exceeds the ordinance by 4.3 feet. I watched the video of last year's hearing. Mr. Vito's daughter said the design of this project is one of eloquence with respect to skyline views as well as the surrounding area. By continuing to push for major height variances, this project is not respectful to neighbors. Since this project is not a like for like, and only a small per percentage of the old building exceeded the height ordinance, this does not justify additional variances. In fact, no legitimate need has ever been identified. The architect was asked about rooftop access at about 90 minutes into the hearing. He stated, and I quote, great question. One of the challenges with apartment multifamily buildings is neighbor noise and annoyance. We elected not to use them. They are not for resident use. They are not for to be used as roof decks. That's why we picked the side court style with lower courtyards, even on building B and C to create communal spaces that weren't private deck, decks over people's living space. We strategize pulling back on that because it's a management challenge. Based on the architect's own words, the rooftop top deck should be eliminated. In summary, the owner has never established a legitimate need for a variance. The staff's recommendation to approve the variance is based on inaccurate information. Please, as representatives of the community, recommend denial of the variance. Thank you. All right, our next speaker, Carol Spector, has asked to cede her time to Robert Guthrie. Carol, can you confirm this? Yes, I'm ceding my time to Robert Guthrie. Thank you. Robert, you've been unmuted. You have six minutes. Good evening, and thank you for the opportunity to express my concerns with the Hawaiian Village rebuild. I'd like to discuss three points, one directed to the DRC and two to the applicant. The Thomas Fire overlay does not supersede Municipal Code 24-545-100, which requires the DRC to review the project and find it doesn't unreasonably interfere with the use and enjoyment of neighboring existing developments. I don't believe the project meets this finding. 
The height variances won't make this project better. They'll do just the opposite. During the conceptual review a year ago, it was well established that only a small fraction of the destroyed structure exceeded the hillside height ordinance, especially considering the buildings incorporate hip roofs. I'm sorry, there's a lot of feedback. Madam Clerk, can you? I'll just carry on. The vast majority of the structure was at or below the hillside height limit. I think the applicant is entitled to rebuild a portion of the new complex to equal exceeded the height limit, but not more. For the building A, B, and C all exceed the height limit. From the interior elevation sheet, A211, it appears the northeast corner of building B will actually exceed 249 feet. There also seems to be an error on sheet A221, as the hillside height limit noted here is 240.8 feet, a full foot greater than allowed. This perhaps resulted in the staff report statement that building C only exceeds the height limit by two feet eight inches, when it could actually be over three feet. The reason of excessive height makes this project worse is threefold. First, Plans call for importing 5,200 cubic yards of soil, presumably to backfill the retaining wall facing pole. This wall appears to range in height from 11 feet to almost 20. The 1997 City of Ventura Hillside Design Guidelines state it should not exceed five feet. Therefore, anything that can be done to drop the height would make for a better design. Would make building A and C height conforming and allow the B parapet walls to be tall and more effectively screen the rooftop mechanicals. Grading would allow the retaining wall to be lowered three feet and eliminate the need to bring in so much dirt. Secondly, as many neighbors have stated, the height variance will impact their views. With this in mind, I don't think you can find that the variance will not interfere with the use and enjoyment of neighboring properties. Even minor variances to the hillside ordinance have traditionally been extremely hard to get because of how valuable views are. The applicant continues to ask for major variances, but as far as I know, has never sought feedback from neighbors. Without erecting story poles and getting neighbor consent, how can a major variance be considered? Finally, the rooftop decks on the east and west of the project will look into neighbors' yards. This is contrary to a key principle of the hillside design guideline for protecting privacy. Lowering the pad would in turn lower these decks and mitigate the privacy invasion. In summary on this point, the requested variances lack a justifiable need, are detrimental to the community, and with grading not necessary to build the project. The first item I'd like to address to the applicant is ingress and egress. A year ago, many neighbors detailed the very real safety hazard they experienced trying to evacuate the Thomas fire. It was stated a year ago that Hawaiian Village treats its tenants like family. The evacuation hazard so many people experienced certainly existed for your tenants. As such, the rebuild should incorporate all reasonable methods to ensure their safety. A simple driveway connection is all that's needed to mitigate the hazard. It doesn't need to be a complicated extension of the street. Aside from the next hillside fire, it one, might one day allow an ambulance to arrive a minute or so faster, or allow a moving truck to avoid backing up in a pedestrian area, or allow a fire engine in even if the driveway is blocked. It could even be a one-way only. So please, please design in a second driveway. The second topic is parking. A year ago, your architect said it was well known there wasn't enough. Now there's 11 more units and four fewer spots. 
I'd like to suggest having adequate parking can be a major marketing tool. In our downtown area, there are loads of market rate apartments in the works. Unless many of these become short-term vacation rentals, in a few years, it's very conceivable there'll be an oversupply. Price competition may not start right away, but it will start. That's what the state of California is banking on. If Hawaiian Village has sufficient parking while the others don't, competing on price could be avoided. People value parking. There are tenants at the WAVE project in Ventura that pay an extra $175 a month for a parking space. If you could find a way to squeeze in another 10 spots, I think it would be a huge advantage in the long run and the short run. Just imagine in the short run when the new complex is getting full and tenants come home from work and there's no place to park. Now they have to backtrack with the first available spot, hopefully as close as the extremely steep broken up section of North End. So they jam the right front wheel into the curb for safety, then they climb out of their car and they hoof it two to 300 yards back to their building encountering poor street lighting and no sidewalk. With the old building and it's way below market rate rents, people would probably tolerate this. At market rate, I think they'll be less inclined. I'm sure if DMHA is challenged with finding more parking spaces because it's good for revenue, they could do it cost effectively and with style. Again, I appreciate the opportunity to express my concerns. Our next speaker is Shanna Taylor. Shanna, you've been unmuted. You may begin speaking. Okay. I am requesting clarification on transparency issues that seem to be beyond the DRC stage of the project. Um, first, I'm happy to see that there will be a three-foot swale at the southern property line. That's very helpful. Additionally, on that property line, I don't see any wall or fencing at the property line to keep leaf litter and debris from that steep slope from entering the lots downhill as it's just not part of the DRC process, I think. Please explain how the community will learn about that part of the rebuild. Those below the steep slope need to know that they are protected physically from the debris from uphill. Second, details on the drainage system are limited. I did see you added something today, but in the DRC documents in general, they are limited. So the public at this point cannot tell if 100% of the water from the lot will be funneled into the storm drain pipe that exists that exits the lot to the south and runs under the private road inspiration way. Please explain how the community will learn about this part of the rebuild. If the existing pipe is adequate to manage the volume of water now intended and how this pipe under a significant amount of neighbors hardscape will be maintained. Third, it appears that the project will require deep excavation and or use of heavy vibrating equipment. The DRC process does not include information on how damage to nearby buildings and structures will be avoided, and if it does occur, how it will be measured and addressed. Please explain how the community will learn about this part of the rebuild. And finally, although the single ingress-egress to the lot is, seems to be allowed, to rebuild with that same single access at Church and Ann seems short-sighted. Do our city leaders truly believe that this creates a defensible space and a space that can be safely exited in a future fire emergency? If this is going to be the plan, please arrange for a presentation by firefighting professionals to the community about why this is safe and defensible. Thank you.
Our next speaker is George Amendola. George, you have been unmuted. You may begin speaking. Thank you, Ms. Mann. Good evening. George Amendola, resident of Seaview Hills Homeowners Association. Pardon me? Can you, can you hear me okay? It's the environmental impact on the surrounding neighborhood, like the dirt and dust and all of that that comes from mm. their building. Hello? I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. Hi, those who aren't speaking, can you please mute your mics? All right, is the speaker there? Hello? George, I'll reset your Hello, camera can if you'd you like me? to begin again. Okay, now I hear you. Thank you very much, Ms. Mann. Um, good evening, George Amendola, resident of Seaview Hills Homeowners Association. I was asked by the board president to speak uh, about Seaview Hills' issues. Uh, we're a homeowners association of 102 residents uh, units with approximately 200 voters in District 1. Um, adjacent to us is District 2, where the project exists, which has been incorporated into the downtown specific plan. However, uh, we question uh, the variance as it relates to Building A and if that is actually exceeding downtown specific plan and the reason for the variance. Uh, as as well with building A, we have some issues regarding height uh, with uh, building uh, B and D, uh, the encroachment on our, our views as a community, the introduction of light impediments from uh, footprint lighting surrounding the community, rooftop deckings, and the increase of traffic flow. Uh, lastly, uh, regarding that, uh, we have some concerns about the introduction of solar. Uh, on rooftops. The last thing we wanted is to be looking down on a mirror solar field and having uh, that solar array flashing back and blinding us. Uh, so that's a new introduction that we were unaware of. Um, further, at the nighttime issues with the introduction of the lighting facing northwest into our communities, those were not pre-existing uh, with any of the previous buildings whether it was flat rooftops or gabled rooftops. Um, we're wondering also where the storyboard is. Uh, we thought as part of the design review process, there would be a storyboard. I'm unsure why that does not exist in this process. Um, continuing, uh, staff has made many recommendations that we don't feel are very transparent and they certainly favor the applicant, the developer. Um, the question about the downtown specific plan and the variance uh, for building A still remains. It's not adequately disclosed. Quite frankly, it appears that staff is mainly kicking uh, this over to design review as this covers staff. They've done their job. Um, also, on a personal note, um, looking at Mr. Gilley's canned response, I believe is somewhat inaccurate that this is certainly the time to bring up these objections regarding height variance. Uh, staff's report is not favoring the community in any way with the 70 plus objections that have been disclosed in your supplemental packets. Um, the uh, announcement this evening that uh, this was not adequately posted on the city website uh, is also a little fishy, um, especially when comparing last year's attendance uh, when we were in a non-COVID environment to this 
uh, e evenings event when we only have 10 speakers. Uh, I would. The speaker's time has expired. Our next speaker speaker is Marty Wolter. Design review committee members. Marty, you've been admitted. Yes. You may begin. Thank you. Hello, design review committee members. My house is in many of the slides that you just looked at. I live directly above what was a parking lot with, um, you know, the height was the level of the parking lot and building A is now going to be directly below my house. It's over the maximum height ordinance and the San Buenaventura ordinance um, doesn't allow for a height variance, neither does the Thomas fire overlay. And I don't understand for one second why the staff report doesn't mention the fact that there are additional buildings that didn't even exist before and that the plans call for height variances of buildings that lit that didn't exist before. So when an applicant requests a height variance, they have to have a specific and unique reason that would justify the height variance. We've not heard a single reason from the applicant for any height variances. So I don't see how they're gonna make it past any legal review. You, you may well imagine that you don't have a legal duty as is some of the city staff, for example, Mr. Gillian responding to the um, homeowners who were represented by the last speaker. Um, ordinance 24.545.100.2 require your design review committee members to make a finding the law requires you to make a finding, and that finding is that the designs will not unreasonably interfere with the use and enjoyment of neighboring properties. But they will, because they're going to be taller than the buildings were before, with much more mass, in other words, blocking much more view. You know, many of us sunk our uh, life savings into our properties and this matters to us and uh, you know the fact that for example slides 88 and 89 the photographs in those slides those were taken from my driveway the applicant never asked me to come on to my property the trespassing that was involved in taking those photographs just is an example of what little regard the applicant has for neighboring property owners. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed and I'm hoping that the design review committee will take this moment to recognize that neighbors are asking you to ask that this property grade down. Our next speaker is Tim Harkins. I'm sorry, Tom Harkins. Tom, you have been uh, unmuted. You, you may begin to okay. speak. Okay, thank you. Yes. Um, the yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I don't have a lot of strong opinions on this. I, I'm calling mainly for the next project, but I do. I would like to bring up parking. It's there's going to be 1.26 parking spaces per unit. 
And I'm just wondering, you know, what, and I don't, I don't know how it was before. It sounded like there was some more parking, but what do people do? Where, where is the extra spaces to park? Can they, is there street parking? Um, that's just becoming a big problem, I think, in Ventura. Um, in regards to the design, I just was wondering, or the the uh, developer might want to consider. I don't know if the windows opened or not, but I would think in a nice location like that, you definitely wouldn't want would not want to have closed. When you want you want to have windows that open. Um, I do kind of like the idea of the in that area these those smaller roof decks. Um, the the paint I can't really or the color I can't really comment on it because I'm not, I don't have a, that kind of aesthetic sense. But it did seem a little bit bright, that bright white. But I that's, I guess that's the Mediterranean color. Um, and the palm trees. Um, are there palm trees? Um, there were palm trees there before. I guess is that is that a fire hazard? Okay, that's that's they they looked. I think that there were some palm trees up there that looked kind of nice, um, but maybe they're not possible to put those in. The only thing I'm really concerned about is parking on these units. So that's that's the big concern. And I, I wish they could put some more spots in there. Thank you. Our final speaker on this item is Michael Hurst. Michael, you have been unmuted. You may begin to speak. Thank you. Uh, good evening, board and uh, applicant. I just want to say that I uh, first, I, I appreciate the effort uh, made to blend this new project uh, into the site. And I think that in general, the aesthetic of the development will enhance the community. It certainly will enhance the hillside community there. But we do have some concerns about the view corridor for us living in the Seaview Hills community. Um, I, I just think that a greater consideration needs to be made to the residents up the hill, uh, both Seaview and the single families to the east of the project. Um, the, the height requirement, when we look at uh, sheet, I believe it's AS301 that shows the prior project outline with an overlay of the new buildings. And it's been brought up a couple of times. I just want to reiterate that the, the actual depth of the building is much greater than it was before. And so even though it's lower than the top of the hip roof on the prior building, it extends out a much further distance. And so that creates a pretty significant, I, I think, interruption into the view corridor from the residents up the hill. And so if there's a way to mitigate that by uh, you know, reducing the level of the pad, I think that should be a serious consideration that's undertaken. But I think in general, we know that there is gonna be a project here and I just appreciate the time and the effort that was put into the design and uh, the outward appearance that, that you guys have done. And I think it can be a great project, but I think the, the view considerations need to be addressed. And uh, I think if you do that, you will have 
a lot more support from the immediate adjacent residents. So thank you and, and good luck. That was our final public speaker for the evening. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I'm going to close the public portion of this meeting and open it back up to the design review committee for comments only at this time. Do any members have any comments regarding this project? Nothing. <laughs> Not one comment. Okay. Um, I was going to give someone else a turn, but um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of good work in this, in this project. And so some of the things that I, that I do like from last time is the opening of the main street in the middle, and that does seem more pedestrian friendly. I like how there's multiple courtyards um, going down to the south side. And I like what the architecture is beginning to do with what Ryan called the couplets of the building and starting to turn those on axes. Um, my concerns still from last time are with the heights and with the overall retaining walls. And so building building D in particular, I, I think we got to find a way to, to bring that down. I know the entirety of the project was kind of the third floors were brought all into building D. And I, I do think we do need to, to work on the height um, of that particular that particular building, but the way the way the architects are are kind of breaking everything up in the site, I think they're doing a really good job um, overall. I'm okay with their their material palettes and the the simplification of only having a, a few, like the CMU wall at the base. Um, I think is reasonable and fine. I think these the plaster is is a good choice, and I think the windows are. Um, above other projects, they're going for a, an aluminum window. So in general, I feel like this is a very strong project and I'm in support of the majority of it. It's just those, especially building D that that's concerning. And then for, for future, for the planning commission, I would really like to see the mechanical areas, the solar areas and the roof decks um, identified and really labeled about what's happening where and the I feel like we just have a real problem in the city with mechanical units that are being exposed to two lower parapets. So just for future reference, I would really like to see in sites how tall the mechanical units are once they sit on the base. So those are those are my main main concerns and comments. For the for the most part, I'm I am supportive of this project and I think the architects have done a, a good job of handling a lot of the, the problems there. Thank you. Members Groden or Tomasello, do you have any comments? Sure, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll largely echo um, what uh, Queen Member Salty said as well. I appreciate uh, the architects uh, really breaking up the massing, uh, the articulation of of, um, of the buildings. I appreciate that building D steps down um, uh, as it kind of terraces down down the slope. Uh, I'm okay with the encroachment of the retaining wall into that setback, especially because I think it gives it a little bit more um, uh, articulation or breaks that mass up further uh, as it comes down the hill. Um, 
I also appreciated uh, the, the couplets. Um, I think that'll that's a really interesting little play uh, in those buildings that that face town. Um, I think that's going to be very, really successful um, as you're looking kind of up up at the, the building from uh, from town or from the beach. Um, one uh, question, or I guess can you know potential issue I had was. Uh, with some of the, the plantings along that that southern uh, face of the slope, uh, we do have a large retaining wall, and I think there were uh, relatively small trees planted there. Uh, I know that the uh, the goal is for them to grow grow large, but um, I would be curious, uh, Vice Chair Dunn, if uh, you had some recommendations for larger larger plantings in that area. Thank you. Amber, go ahead. So first, uh, thank you for not going like for like. Because um, that wall, the wall that I have the most concern about is is much better in this scenario than than the, the original scenario. And that's probably my only concern is that building D could if that could have been lowered and have the retaining wall be less. And it looks like you want to grow some, have some growies on it, which is great. But um, if, I would like to see that that uh, building D lowered a bit. Um, I do feel like uh, special circumstance is the Thomas fire. And you know you didn't choose to, to burn your building down. Um, and I really appreciate the, the, the effort put out by the architects in, in the site plan and the siding of the buildings and as well as the, the pallet. I'm, I'm very, very much fine with that. Um, I never heard, I only heard from the from the citizens about, and I could have missed it in the presentation, um, about lighting and how are, are we up lighting to, to the sky. So I would like to see there not be um, up lighting to have light pollution. Um, other than that, I think that the, the the height is within the intent of the Thomas Fire Ordinance. I know it's for single family and, and units, but I, I do think that this works within the intent. So I'm pretty supportive of the project. Thank you. So um, on uh, with regard to the changes that were made from the previous submittal, I appreciate the paving material changes that were done. And I would encourage the applicant to do more of the porous paving that I think you have on the fire turnaround. You have grass creed or a grass block there that's porous. I'd recommend any areas that have paving to be more of a porous paving to mitigate any flow of water down the hillside. I think that the um, the building architecture is very clean, and I really like the the black versus the the light and the the windows. I, I think it, it the buildings themselves are articulated well. Um, the landscaping is is much better than the previous landscape submittal. The plant material choices I think that were brought up today compared to what was done previously, I think are much better. As far as the 
large versus smaller trees. They do have the oak trees on the downhill slope that will get large and can easily be pruned and opened up. Um, they're very slow growers, so it'll take a while for them to get up. It's a pretty steep slope. It's a two to one slope, I'm going to guess. Um, going down the bottom of the retaining wall down to the next property. It's I mean, it's only 19 feet and there's a there's a V ditch in there. So that's going to take up a couple of feet and then that other drainage element. So I think placement of plant material covering up that lower wall is going to be key. And I'd support any plant material that adheres to the wall, any vines that adhere to the wall, as well as fast growing native plants that will grow up to the 12 and 14 feet of the height of the wall to really reduce the overall height and massing of the uh, overall building itself. My biggest concerns are the addition of the massing of the buildings overall. There's there's a lot more building space than there were from the Hawaiian Gardens buildings. Um, Granted, the Hawaiian Gardens buildings before were pretty hideous looking, and these are much better designed than what was there before. But there's also more building space that's taken up by this design. And what the applicant is asking for is we want to put more buildings in more areas on the property, and we also want to go over the height limitations on some of these buildings. And I appreciate the fact that they reduced down the overall height on some of the buildings, but I'm not in support of the exception and the administrative variance for it. I'm fine with the supporting the warrant, but I think that the applicant could easily reduce down building B to meet the 240. I think they could they could meet the 240. I mean, the if there's an elevator that goes above 240, I'm not going to fight that. But when there's a whole building like building B that definitely the whole building's up to 249 and that's clearly above the 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 allowed height. I I'm just I'm not in support of that. And if it weren't for the fact that they've added so much more building space onto this area, it, it doesn't feel like it's it, it like for like to me. I feel like there's there's mass that's been added and additional height that they want to get. They kind of want to have their cake and eat it too. So for that reason, I'm not in support of the exception in the administrative variance. I'm also a little concerned about the rooftop decks. I was hoping that the applicant would say, yeah, we're putting in lots of planters and it's going to be very green. And so when people are looking down on it, number one, um, they at least have green spaces to look down on. And then the other concern is, again, there were never any rooftop decks on the previous building. And we are now, I think, a little closer to the buildings down below and it definitely allows for the tenants to peer down onto all of the neighbors below. And that just kind of feels uncomfortable in a place where you're adding so much massing on a building. So I'd encourage the 
applicants to perhaps consider, you know, just green decks or something of that nature. Um, I, I like the color contrast of the buildings. I know that you talked about sort of a modern version of the Mediterranean hillsides and in some of the photograph samples that you have the the colors vary slightly to create more of a 3D depth in the buildings. My only concern, I, as much as I appreciate widening the, the little courtyards between the buildings, especially in building D where the, the public is gonna see most of the massing, um, I'm just wondering if there's any slight variation in the depths or maybe slight variation in the color ranges of the building would help create more of a 3D as well. Um, those are my only recommendations at this time. I would, I th I'd like to bring this back to Nada. I think that's about, about so, it for me. Thank you, Vice Chair Dunn. So mm -hmm. a couple things, um, if I could ask some uh, for clarification from Committee members Salty and, and Grodin, um, just because we are virtual and I want to be clear what you said, because B and D sound very close. Uh, so were you was your comment to reduce the heights of building D as in dog or building B as in boy? Can can you go to the graphic where they're showing the massing just so we're painfully clear? Is can you go to that image? Uh, there's, Peter there's eleven the for B. Yeah. There's the red image where they show the existing building and then the new one. And I believe it's, yeah, so the white piece, if that's building the one on the back side that goes above, I think that's the most problematic area. Building B. Yeah. So building B as in boy. boy. Peter, can you go to 211, please? And, and sorry, I have like, I have Visalign in, so I'm like lisping a lot. We just want to be very clear. Sure. Um, but do you, want, do you want my clarification? Yes, please. What I, I, I wasn't talking about necessarily the height of the building itself. I was talking about, and I believe I'm talking about uh, D as in dog, and it's the one that's covered in the red right now, right? Correct. It's the lowest down the south side, hillside. I just, the retaining wall is really what uh, bothered me. I would have liked to see that been um, graded more and lowered more into the, into the, down into the hillside. I, the height of the building is fine with me. Thank if you. you if you lowered the retaining wall, the building would uh, obviously go down with it, but that the height of the building, the proportion of the building is, is, is nice. Thank you, committee member Grodin. Um, and so for this item, it's uh, we, we do need a formal motion from the committee with um, the comments that the committee feels uh, are appropriate to forward on to the Planning Commission for consideration of your design recommendations. So um, if the motion maker could um, include what comments the committee or you want to deliberate and agree to what comments to forward on to the Planning Commission directly. Um, and then there would need to be a motion and then a second and then we would call roll on that motion. 
That's a tough motion. I'll go. Yes. Um, I'd like to make a motion to recommend design approval with the following comments that the architect should show mechanical solar equipment on roofs, um, provide uh, information regarding lighting, and that lighting should be dark sky compliant, and that the uh, architect consider larger box trees in the area to the south. I understand that they can't install larger box trees on a two to one slope without building retaining walls around it. Understood. I can strike that for my motion. Okay. That's why I was recommending fast growing plants. <laughs> I will add uh, fast going growing plants, including vines on the retaining wall uh, to my motion. Is there a second? So I don't hear a second. So is there another motion that someone would like to present? I'm assuming I can't make a motion, right? You can make a motion. You can make a motion if, if there's no one else to make one. Is there anyone else to make a motion? Okay. So I would like to make a motion that the project be moved forward to the PC with the following recommendations of supporting the warrant for parking um not supporting the exception and administration variance for the overheight above 240 um recommending that plant material be installed below the retaining wall that's fast growing that will cover the wall within a year um that there's only down facing lighting to preserve um, what were you saying, Bill, about preserving the um, sorry. I'm, so not to uplight the building so they're not highlighted. And that the lighting be 2700 Kelvins on anything. That the Rooftops be screened, that all utilities on the rooftops be screened from above. Is there anything else? I can't think of anything else. Is there a second? I'd second that. Roll call, please. Can I ask a question on, on the motion? So. Yeah. Question was to recommend approval of the warrant, which is the parking warrant. Yeah. And uh, to not recommend approval for the height exception or for variance. Is there 
those are two different things I understand. Is that correct? Correct. So neither of those. No, one I support, one I do not support. And if okay. I can chime in. Support, one I'm recommending not supporting. I sure don't, if I could chime in. The DRC has no purview over the exception or warrant. Uh, so could I recommend you change your motion to just not uh, support anything over uh, the two the two forty point three I believe was the number uh, as opposed to making a reference to aspects of the project you don't have any purview over. You still get to the same point, I think. So, so let me rephrase then. My, I would recommend that no building heights are over elevation point two hundred and forty. Does that make sense? Is that appropriate, Peter? Okay. So just to be clear, almost most of the buildings are at 240. There's a couple of them that are a little taller and that building B is, is nine feet taller and then one is two feet more and one is, is four feet more. And I think that the applicants can come back and um, reduce down all of them to the 240. They did a great job on, on reducing the other ones to 240. Tony, you have a comment? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm curious whether that's even feasible or not, but I, we, that would require opening it back up, which I don't know if we want to do. But. Well, do you want to open it back up to comment us, us chatting amongst ourselves? It, it's worth asking the question, I think. Um, you know, if we are going to put that in our motion, I think it's worth knowing that that's even a possibility. Well, you have to understand that the applicant doesn't have to maximize the lot. That's a there's variations on how many units you can put on a lot. They've chosen to put as many units as they can get and beyond that based on their request for a variance. So we're, we're not making them put all these buildings there. That's their choice. So understood, you know, that. I mean, that's just my point of view. So, are we still comfortable with the motion and the second? Okay, I'm going to ask for roll call. Can I ask who our second was? Daniel. Thank you. Committee member Graben. Committee member Graden. I'm sorry, I didn't hear my answer. It was no. Okay. Committee member Salty. Yes. Committee member Tomasello. No. Vice Chair Dunn. Yes. Chair Antelman is absent. Motion fails without a, an affirmative three two uh, three one vote. Bill, we want to make a motion. It'd be too convoluted. I, this is uh, there's if it feels like the staff report should have something more that we can make a motion on instead of just re repeating what everybody said, because there's some things in what everybody said that I agree with, and there's some that uh, I just don't. So I 
I see my making a motion almost impossible. Sorry. Now what do we do? <laughs> Peter, do you have a recommendation? Nada, do you have a recommendation? Since, what we since this do? is since this is a recommendation, and since the um, Thomas Fire Ordinance doesn't allow this to come back to DRC, uh, mm -hmm. what I would recommend is that the people who voted no on the motion explain why, and we'll simply convey to Planning Commission that this motion had two people voting yes, two people voted no for these reasons. Okay. And then we'll just, and then we can just move on. It'd be best if we had a affirmative motion, but the fact that the Thomas fire ordinance specifically has a, a limit. So we can't continue this until, uh, uh, until the chair is here. So we have. 5 votes, uh, nice. I think that's the best we can do. Okay, I can, I can clarify my no pretty quick easily. I, I do not support the limitation of the the, the height. Uh, is it a warrant or exception, whichever it is? I I believe that the height should be able to 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 be higher. For me, I I, I would agree with that. I think this is a significantly improved project from what was there before, which you know I always called kind of a scar on the hillside. Um, this is. Uh, significant improvement. I, I think that uh, while yes, the, you know, the hillside ordinance is there. Um, for me, because there was an existing structure, they're trying to rebuild back something similar to what they had. Uh, yes, there are more units, but there are significantly less square footage. Um, it's also, you know, more buildings and more, more breakdown of massing. Um, rather than just a, a large uh, horizontal box placed onto the hillside, I, I think that um, you know the, the design warrants it uh, the, the height increase. And I, I understand the complexities and the challenges with this site. And um, for those reasons, I am supportive of, of their request to uh, to exceed that height limit in a few um, kind of nominal areas. Thank you. That was a lot better said than what I said, but. <laughs> I, have, I have a suggestion. Can we get consensus on the other design elements other than the heights and then maybe in the motion? Just express that uh, that the, with the understanding that some of the DRC members or two of the DRC members have concerns about the heights and maybe make just pass on the recommendation for the other design elements. So that you're still able to communicate. Your reservation about the heights, but you could still move forward on a recommendation. Are you talking to Member Groden and Member Tomasio? Well, just rather than having a recommendation yes or no on the heights, just mm -hmm. have an acknowledgement in the motion that there are that two of the members have expressed have expressed reservations about the heights and let the re recommendation go through with that understanding to the PC. That's a good idea. Okay, I'm supportive of that. I just don't know how to do it. Ditto. So, if, if we brought up 
um, Vice Chair Dunn's last last motion. Essentially, we we'd strike the the language about the warrants and exceptions and height, and instead add that add a note that says two of the committee members had concerns with height, two of them did not. Uh, no, because I'm pretty specific. I'm not in support of. I mean, the, the planning commission is going to want to know about the warrants and the. And the variance, they're going to be very specific for us to casually say we don't kind of sort of like the height. I mean, I'm very specific. I don't like the height over 240. If they so wanted to reduce down That's the mass. Uh, on the site and bring in more green space on the site, you know, I'd be willing to go over 240, but they're not. They're adding massing and on the buildings on the site and they want the height. So, Are we just stalemate. I, 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 yeah, and I, I'm very much in support of, of, of allowing them the extra height. I, I, the parking lot is, I mean, I'd, I'd rather look down on the building than the parking lot. And that's what was there before is mostly a big parking lot. Yeah, uh, if. Again, it'd be there, there. Other ways we'd love to do this. We are where we are now. I think that the DRC is comfortable with us moving forward, uh, noting that. What we would put in our, our report to planning commission is that. Uh, the DRC was split. This was the motion made, and we're going to list the reasons why the two that voted no voted no. It anybody who reads this would, I think, be able to see that it's it's the height part of the motion that was the reasons why the two DRC members who voted no voted no because that's what you told us. So I think it just follows that you you don't object to the issue of the plant material on the retaining wall. You don't object to the not having up lighting. And you don't object to the rooftop uh, utilities being screened. Although I do want to note, in order to properly screen rooftop equipment, you might go over 240. But we'll move forward to the planning commission with uh, with that as where the DRC landed. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Moving on. This is why it's always good to have an odd number, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, item number three, project 11836, the Samet apartment buildings on uh, 102 South Garden Street. Is the planner available to do a presentation from the city? Yes, Madam Chair. This is a formal design review application for a 36,000 square foot four story building in the T4.3 zoning district in the downtown specific plan. The project was noticed in accordance with the requirements of the municipal code. Next slide, please. The project site is located at the intersection of Santa Clara Street and South Garden Street. Points of reference in this slide, Highway 101 is to the south. The Vaughn Shopping Center uh, is to the north um, at the end of Garden Street. Uh, and Main Street is also to the north 
The eastern boundary of Main Street moves is captured here in the slide. Next slide, please. For the purpose of providing residential context, the cardinal directions have been uh, rotated from the previous slide. So for, uh, again, for context, Highway 101 is located at the top of the screen, while Main Street is located uh, at the bottom of the screen. The project site is outlined in red. That red line does um, trace the property lines, the property boundaries. It's currently developed for a car wash, which is no longer in operation. Uh, and there is head-in angled parking spaces along Garden Street, as you can see in this image. These parking spaces do encroach onto private property, which I'll discuss later in my presentation. Santa Clara Courts is a three-story building and adjoins the project site. Pacifica Walk is a two-story residential building located to the west of the site. Garden Street Estates is located to the north. West Ventura Medical Clinic is located at the northwest corner of the intersection of Santa Clara Street and Garden Street. And the Wave, which is a multi-story mixed-use artist community, is located to the south and the southeast. Next slide, please. Uh, from this street view, we can see Garden Street Estates to the north, Pacifica Walk to the east, Santa Clara Courts, uh, excuse me, Pacifica Walk to the west, Santa Clara Courts to the east, and then a two-story section of the Wave uh, Artist Community is located to the south. Next slide, please. Uh, in 2019, the Design Review Committee reviewed a request for a conceptual design review to demolish the car wash and to abandon a portion of the right-of-way along Garden Street, uh, where those diagonal parking spaces are located, uh, in order to uh, accommodate the construction of a four-story multifamily side court building type containing 19 dwelling units. The proposal also included the removal of the diagonal parking spaces along Garden Street. That, that conceptual proposal also included exceptions and warrants. The proposed exceptions were from the side building setback requirements, the requirement that the parking garage be located in the rear 50% of the lot, the number of parking spaces required for the development, uh, the entrance locations uh, to the ground floor units and the requirement for the for the dwellings to face a side court. The warrants were related to uh, the fourth story exceeding 15% of the building footprint and the requirement that at least two sides of each dwelling, uh, each unit be exposed to outside light and air. Next slide, please. The DRC gave detailed direction and feedback to the applicant to search for solutions to maintain the existing number of public parking spaces to the maximum extent feasible, uh, to design the building to conform to the downtown specific plan or DTSP to the maximum extent possible. The DRC supported the parking placement exception as long as the 
parking spaces were screened, they did not support the side court building type warrants related to light and air. The DRC also advised the applicant to evaluate using a different building type or building form, uh, that the building should respect the surrounding context of the neighborhood, to simplify and unify the architecture by reducing the number of repeating elements in the design, to incorporate materials that are durable in marine weather, to take advantage of natural light in the architectural design, search for opportunities to open the building and break up the massing, and finally, to design the ground units to open to the sidewalk along the street frontages. Next slide, please. The applicant has submitted a formal design application for a multifamily side court building type. This 36,000 square foot building contains 19 units. Those 19 units are broken down into four live work units on the ground floor and 15 two bedroom uh, apartments on the upper floors. The ground floor parking uh, garage contains 21 parking spaces and the building footprint covers approximately 78% of the lot, which leaves 22% of the lot uh, with landscaping and open space. Of the 19 units proposed, the applicant is proposing two affordable units in the very low income range. Next slide, please. As I mentioned earlier, there are existing diagonal parking spaces along uh, Garden Street, which you can see in the exhibit on uh, the left of your screen. These 16 head-in parking spaces along Garden Street are not located entirely on public property. Uh, they do encroach onto the subject property. The right-hand boundary of the yellow area that you see is the western property line for the subject property. Uh, the city and the property owner do not have a parking agreement or a lease agreement uh, for the city to provide public parking uh, on private property. The project proposes to abandon a portion of the right-of-way on Garden Street, which is um, shown in the yellow highlighting on the left-hand side, um, and to adjust, the, to adjust that property line remove the 16 head-in parking spaces and replace them with eight parallel parking spaces, which you can see on the right-hand side of the screen on the proposed site plan. Public Works has reviewed uh, the proposal and is in support of the proposed abandonment, the curb reconstruction, and the parallel parking spaces. Next slide, please. The applicant is proposing uh, 21 uh, off, um, excuse me, uh, on-site parking spaces. Um, the project does require 20 parking spaces. The narrow shape of the lot presents some challenges to providing the required number of parking spaces um, within the parking garage while lining or screening the parking area uh, with units. As a solution, the applicant is proposing to provide parking for uh, the required number of parking for residents with a mechanical parking puzzle lift system in a parking garage. 
you can see an example of um, uh, or an illustration of the parking the puzzle parking lift configuration each unit will have an assigned parking space if the the tenant's parking space is on the upper level uh, of the puzzle system the lift system the tenant will request their vehicle using an app when they need it and that lift, lift system will move the vehicle into a retrieval space so that the tenant uh, can retrieve their vehicle. Next slide, please. The project is providing 3,275 square feet or 22% of landscaped area at the ground level and an additional 7,139 square feet of landscaped areas within two courtyards on the upper floors of the building, which you can see here on the exhibits labeled second floor and fourth floor. That equals a total of 10,414 square feet of landscaped area for the project. Next slide, please. This slide illustrates the evolution of the building design. Staff, uh, so the 2019 conceptual design review proposal is located at the top of the screen. Uh, the middle um, uh, exhibit illustrates the proposed building design submitted with the formal design application. Staff reviews reviewed the revised plan submitted with that formal design proposal and determined that additional design changes were necessary to adequately address the DRC's previous feedback. Staff identified opportunities to incorporate additional modifications based on the DRC's feedback with high-level design considerations for the applicant team from the DTSP design guidelines for multifamily buildings, building massing, building wall articulation, and activating the public realm, as well as, and we also provided um, an evaluation of the character of the surrounding uh, residential developments in order for the applicant to consider modifications to adequately uh, respond to the surrounding residential context. The applicant did incorporate additional, uh, uh, further incorporate those opportunities uh, for design modifications, as well as the feedback from the DRC to simplify and unify the architecture, to take advantage of natural lighting, respect the surrounding neighborhood context, um, they also took that opportunity to design out of um, as several of the exceptions and warrants that were previously associated with the conceptual design proposal. Next slide, please. The proposed project's architectural character can be defined as modern contemporary. The primary pedestrian entrance to the residential portion of the project is accessed from a lobby located on the uh, Clara, Santa Clara Street frontage with secondary access points visible here in this elevation uh, from Garden Street. The entrances to uh, the proposed live work units are located um, uh, here, uh, eliminating the exception associated with the conceptual design related to access of those ground floor units. The upper floors are separated into two masses, which are connected by an open air breezeway, uh, three open air breezeways. In response to the DRC's feedback, 
to break up the massing of the, of the previous conceptual design. These breezeways also provide access from, uh, for the residents of the southern portion of the building to the fourth floor um, rooftop amenity on the northern portion of the building. The fourth floor massing of the building is concentrated to the northern half of the building, giving the project the appearance of a four-story building at the intersection of Santa Clara and Garden Street, um, and a three-story building with a common ground floor along Garden Street. The exterior metal or the exterior finishes are aluminum frames, wood trellises, glass and painted metal railings, cement plaster, uh, stone veneer, and composite wood siding. Next slide, please. In this slide, we see the front facade with the primary access from Santa Clara on the left-hand side of the screen and the southern building elevation where access to the parking garage is proposed from an alley located along the southern property line. The downtown specific plan guidelines recommend that all buildings, uh, all building elements that project from the building wall by more than 16 inches be visibly supported by uh, pilasters, piers, brackets, posts, columns, or beams that are sized proportionately to the structure. The proposal includes shifts or projections in the wall plane that do exceed 16 inches and does not incorporate this direction from the design guidelines. It's staff's opinion that these projections are beneficial to the design of the project by breaking up the massing of the building and creating vertical articulation. However, uh, the lack of those vertical supports recommended by the design guidelines under these projections make the building appear a little heavy, unfinished, or unbalanced. And staff is recommending or requesting the DRC's feedback on what the applicant team should do to address that appearance. Additionally, the third and fourth level rooftop decks contain terrace features that um, uh, could create an unbalanced or unfinished capping to the building. This condition may not be noticeable from the street level, but staff is requesting that the DRC uh, comment on that roof treatment. Next slide, please. This is the east elevation that faces the internal block and it's adjacent to the Santa Clara Courts building, which is a three-story apartment building to the east. The downtown specific plans suggest that blank wall treatments um, are only permitted uh, on internal block facing um, uh, walls, which this does, uh, but should incorporate surface reliefs such as decorative vines, um, uh, scoring of the wall surface or um, architectural murals or, or other surface enhancements. Uh, the proposed eastern elevation, as you can see, does incorporate large uh, areas of unarticulated wall surface. However, the first three floors of that eastern elevation will not be uh, visible uh, to the public because of the multifamily building to the east. Staff is recommending that the DRC require enhancements to the eastern elevation, um, particularly the upper floor, uh, such as decorative vines or proportional surface relief. Next slide, please. 
under state law, uh, under state density bonus law, an applicant proposing to include at least 10% of the total units for very low income households is eligible to receive two concessions. These concessions are otherwise considered warrants or uh, exceptions in the downtown specific plan that require the review and approval of the planning commission. This project uh, consists of two affordable units, which uh, totals 10.5% of the total units in the building for very low income households. And the applicant is requesting two concessions, one warrant and one exception. Uh, this slide illustrates the warrant that is being requested uh, for the uh, fourth story, which is proposed to comprise of 29% of the building footprint. The T4.3 zoning district regulating this property limits the fourth floor to 15% of the building footprint. That requirement is intended to allow for architecturally interesting uh, projects with a variety of uh, of heights that break up the, the massing of a project. Um, this fourth story is limited uh, to the northern half of the building, as mentioned previously, towards the corner of Santa Clara and Garden Streets, uh, giving that perspective a varied building height from the sidewalk level. Um, and again, is being requested as a concession in accordance with, with state law. Uh, to put the, um, the proposed warrant in perspective, um, allowing the building to incorporate a fourth floor that would comprise of 29% of the building footprint would yield an additional one and a half units for this building. Next slide, please. Because uh, exceptions are subject to the review and approval of the Planning Commission, DRC feedback on the proposed exception is being requested. And that exception is related to the parking placement. Uh, in, the, in the downtown specific plan, parking placement is allowed uh, only in 50% uh, of the lot depth. That requirement is illustrated here in the blue shading of the building footprint. The intent of this requirement is for parking to be placed behind buildings and not adjacent to uh, the right of way or the sidewalk, which would um, impact the pedestrian experience and the urban environment. The ground floor level parking garage will not be visible from uh, the public right of way as it is uh, proposed to be lined with live work units that have direct access from the public sidewalk. Uh, while the approval of the exception and, and the, of the concessions associated with the project are not within the DRC's purview, staff is requesting that the DRC make a design recommendation for the parking placement and the proposed screening based on the feedback provided to the applicant during the conceptual design review. Next slide, please. Staff is recommending that the DRC forward the request to the Planning Commission and provide design recommendations on the contextual appropriateness of the design, given the surrounding context. Um, uh, recommendations on the applicant's um, success in simplifying and unifying the architecture. Um, feedback regarding the rooftop treatment um, uh, with regard to whether or not it 
it appears uh, like uh, that it appears as it's as as if it is finished. Excuse me. Um, uh, requesting um, feedback on the northwest corner treatment, uh, which is shown here in the bottom image and circled in red, um, with regard to that deep, that design um, uh, guideline uh, recommendation for providing vertical supports for uh, shifts in wall plane that exceed, exceed 16 inches. Um, Feedback on the fourth story footprint percentage from the required 15% to the proposed 29%. Um, with regard to the proposed parking placement, uh, as well as any other design issues uh, that the DRC identifies. And I can answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. Does anybody on the Committee, have any questions for the city? Oh. I do. I'll try to. Yeah, go ahead. Is it, um, yeah, I have a question for staff. Um, so the for the purposes of the downtown specific plan, including the parking requirements, the front is considered actually Santa Clara. Yes, sir. The front would be considered Santa Clara in this location. Um, the project uh, will be addressed from Santa Clara uh, as well. Okay, thank you. Are there any other questions for staff? Yeah, can you quickly review the side yard type again from the downtown specific plan? Um, the side court building type? Okay. Um, are you asking about the um, uh, previous uh, warrants and exceptions? Yeah, exactly. From the last DRC, right? The, last, the 2019, I, don't, I wasn't a part of DRC. I just wanted to go over what they said last time. I tried to watch the old video. Sure. Um, let me go to that slide, I have that information pulled up on my screen. The warrants were related to, um, and excuse me while I, I just wanna make sure that I'm recalling it correctly. So the, there were exceptions associated with the side court building type, um, and that was, uh, the um, placement of the building on the lot. They were not meeting the side yard setback uh, from um, uh, the shared property line with the Santa Clara Courts apartment building so that eastern property line, it requires a five foot setback. Um, they have modified that proposal and they are compliant with their building setbacks now. The requirement that this the second exception was the requirement uh, that the parking garage be located at the rear 50% of the lot. That is a standard requirement for all properties in the downtown specific plan. Uh, and that exception remains with this proposal. There was also a, a request for an exception from providing the minimum number of uh, required parking spaces. Um, 
as a result of uh, the, the narrow configuration of the lot. Um, the applicant is proposing a puzzle park lift uh, system in order to provide the required number of off-street parking spaces on site. Uh, there are 20 parking spaces required for this project and they are proposing 21. The fourth exception associated with the project was related to the entrances on the ground floor level. This is directly related to the side court building type, which requires that garden that ground floor units have direct access from the uh, public uh, sidewalk. Um, the project has been designed to eliminate that exception, so it's no longer an exception. Um, and then the fifth exception that was being proposed was um, uh, an exception from the requirement for dwellings to face a side court or an open space area. Um, in the uh, landscape uh, plan, the landscape slide, um, we, sh we showed the um, second floor uh, courtyard area. Yes, there, uh, that um, you, you can see that the, uh, that the proposal does comply with that requirement now with those use units opening up uh, to that side court, that side courtyard. There were three warrants associated with the building, uh, with the building type, um, as well as the zoning district. So the warrant associated with the zoning district is related to the fourth story. Uh, the T4.3 allows for the fourth story of, of a building to um, uh, be limited or comprise of 15% of the building footprint. The uh, applicant was previously proposing 29% of the building footprint to be comprised of a fourth story, and that warrant is, uh, is also included in this formal design proposal. The second warrant and third warrants are, were rather associated with the side court building type. Um, uh, the first warrant with, uh, was uh, from the requirement that at least two sides of each, oh, apologies, there, was a, there were only two warrants. Um, so the first was related to uh, the zoning district. The second warrant was related uh, directly to the building type. And that was the requirement that at least two sides of each dwelling be exposed to air and light. Um, they the applicant has modified uh, the building design to, um, to meet this requirement, so it's no longer a warrant. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, can I ask a quick question? So we only have one warrant now, is that correct? And that's the, the four-story footprint? Yes, sir, that is correct. Only okay. one warrant and one exception. Okay. Um, okay, so is there an applicant? Thank you, Dara. So is there an applicant that has a presentation at this time? Madam Clerk? One moment.
I have uh, Mark Pettit and Rosie Hernandez. Mark, you've been unmuted. Great. Thank you, everyone. My name is Mark Pettit, and I'm with Lauterbach and Associates Architects. First off, we wanted to thank staff for working with us so diligently over the last three years. Appreciate all the direction and assistance. A um, couple things first. The uh, if I could take, talk about the the two things that uh, we haven't been quite uh, able to take care of, but underneath California State Density Bonus Law, we're able to uh, request a concession, and that would would be the uh, increase in the fourth floor coverage. And uh, of course, when we uh, request in writing underneath the California State Density Bonus Law. Um, we are able to ask and um, automatically receive any parking waiver. Of course, this would be on the ground floor with the parking going into 50% of the front. So that's those two items covered by California State Density Bonus Law. Since we last talked, we uh, really took a look at the exterior of the building. We broke down the massing. We provided a base along uh, the first floor area, changed significantly the materials. We now have uh, a thin stone veneer rain screen. We have the composite wood uh, at certain areas. Uh, we've added cornices, sills, recessed windows, different types of windows, uh, modified the balconies and lowered the, and modified the massing of the the, uh, the pop-out areas, balconies, and at certain areas, which you can see in the screen that's up, uh, we provided brackets underneath the pop-out areas. Uh, we are open and amenable to creating and adding additional brackets at the patio areas uh, if that's something that uh, seems to make sense. We, at this level, we just have it in certain portions of the building on uh, Garden Street. Uh, previously to the changes that we've made and for some of the new members, uh, we did modify our parking significantly and we did add the two units facing the street along with patios, along with uh, planter areas to assist in our biofiltration. <clears throat> we did modify and have open at the corner uh, instead of having a wall, we have a hedgerow with a fence behind it, so it's uh, almost invisible. And that was a, a comment that was mentioned previously. All of our mechanical equipment and solar panels are screened, and the exhibits uh, that we presented show how they're screened. And we do have a glass partition rail up on the fourth floor roof where we have our Zen garden. And uh, we wanted to people to be able to see the landscaping and everything that we have up on that roof. Uh, one of the comments about the uh, east side and the uh, fenestration or lack thereof, uh, we can very simply add additional scoring materials and windows. We opted not to add any windows uh, because they would look five and 10 feet away to the neighboring building, but we are open to providing anything and everything that may be appropriate to dress up not only the 
uh, three-story portion, but the four-story portion and the elevator tower that may be seen uh, both from the perimeter and inside of the building. And we would do that, like I said, with scoring, uh, with different uh, textures, such as maybe some wood siding or the composite wood siding and uh, any other element that would be appropriate. As you can see by the landscape, we put a significant amount of uh, open space and landscape to the project, uh, not only having private patios on the ground floor for those units, those live work units, but also on the second floor, creating a T courtyard that has amenities from barbecue areas, fire pits, lounge areas, uh, separate gaming and seating areas. And then all the way on the third floor, we do have, which isn't shown on this exhibit, uh, we do have a seating area that looks down into the T part, the short T part of the courtyard and out to uh, Garden Street. And then, of course, up on the upper floor is, uh, once again, another uh, open space garden area different than uh, any of the other floors. So we're very excited to present this to you, uh, understand your comments and feedback, and look forward to recommendation for uh, Planning Commission. And I'd be happy to answer any other questions that you might have. Is that your, the end of your presentation? It is. Thank you. Does, I'll bring it back to the, um, Committee, does the committee have any questions for the applicant at this time? I don't hear any. I got one yeah, hello. Yeah, this is uh, Committee Member Tomasello. I, I had one question on the um, on the puzzle parking system, and can you describe do any of those stalls take oversized vehicles? Um, I noticed there's there's really only the one surface space for an accessible vehicle um, or a, a, an accessible stall, and then the others seem to be all kind of standard sizes, which I wasn't wasn't too familiar with you know, what size of a car that is. Uh, the puzzle lifts take all sorts of cars and trucks and limited size vans. Uh, they do not take. Um, you know, giant commercial trucks uh, of that sort. So it's it's pretty limited to, you know, your typical, you know, Toyota Tundra, Ford 150, 250s, um, your typical, you know, minivans, and uh, even up to your expedition type cars. Okay, thank you. So it's not, not just, you know, small compact cars. No, you know, not little, just little pickup and you know little mid-size SUVs and all that kind of stuff in there. Correct. Um, along those lines, are there any uh, locations for electrical electric vehicles at the charging stations here? How how does that work? So uh, we're proposing a double electrical vehicle charging station, which would be adjacent to the. Uh, ADA compliance space and the closest uh, ground level space for the puzzle lift. Okay, thank you. Are there any other questions? Yes, I'm. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Mark, are you, what's a composite wood that you're? I've only heard composite wood. I couldn't find anything that actually. Said well, we're looking. We're looking at uh, a hardy material, hardy board material that has the panel uh, texture as one option, and they come in uh, varying widths and sizes. Uh, also, uh, Louisiana Pacific makes a more of a resin type composite material. Um, the hardy board is more of a cementitious. The Louisiana Pacific is more of a, a resin material. Both are great in marine environments. But neither are composite wood. They, they, the LP is a composite wood and resin product. Oh, the, yeah, the LP is uh, the, the cementuous is not the hardy. It's hardy not, is not correct. Okay. It is not. It, it is not. Okay. Um, following up on both of those questions, um, with regard to the parking, is there separate? Uh, those lifts are on a, a power source. They're electric. You can raise those lifts up and down. Right, the way that they it's work, not manual. it is not. In fact, you can operate them, the one system that we're proposing, you can operate them with a fob. So as you're coming down the alley and pulling in, you could push a fob and everybody is assigned a parking space. There is one space where you pull in, once you push your, your fob, your assigned slot comes down, you pull in, you get out, and then you outside of the car, you you're done, <laughs> and then it it takes it and puts it back into its place. And then this electrical source is it independent from the building? And so what this, happens if yes. there's a power outage? So we're proposing two. It is a it is a separate circuit uh, system. But also there is a separate battery um, operated so if power is out, it still operates. Okay. And then following up on the veneer materials, uh, the, on the bottom, the first floor of the part of the building, there's a limestone that you, so, right, what is, so what exact, is that a real limestone or pretend limestone? It, it, and is, what colors? A real, it is a real thin limestone cladding. And we're showing it here in a little bit larger scale. Uh, we'd like to have it, you know, be a little bit more uh, uh, more pedestrian scale, I guess, at, at the lower level, uh, which will be part of the wall and or planter systems, and then uh, continuing up to the first floor of the building. And that's a, a natural color. It's a tan type color. We presented uh, uh, to staff some material uh, information on brochures, so on and so forth, and it acts as a rain screen. Okay. <clears throat> and then do you have any vertical landscaping on this site? Uh, uh, do you have anything, any trellises or lattice work that's going up blank walls anywhere? Uh, just inside the courtyard, we don't really have a lot of space on the outside of the building. Uh, it is possible the rear elevation where we created a little planter area and have a tree. It may be appropriate to to have a, a some sort of a espalier or something on the back of the alley, as you can see. 
uh, just to the left of the uh, garage entrance. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public that wanted to speak on this project? Yes, we have three members of the public that wish to speak tonight. Uh, okay. Give me one moment and I will unmute them and get them started. We're going right, to start with you. Carol Spector. Give us one moment and I'll unmute you, Carol. Carol, you've been unmuted. You can begin speaking. Thank you. Um, you addressed a couple of the concerns about the parking lifts that we had, um, but I'm glad they're saying there'll be a backup uh, battery. Um, the ability to get one, one's car quickly if it breaks down, maintenance of the system seems urgent. Parking is so bad in that area already. If people decide not to use the car lifts because they're not convenient, it will just exacerbate the parking problems. People at the wave are parking in unsafe places. The garden apartments are adding units and taking away parking. So uh, it is a huge concern. Um, the fact that there are 16 diagonal spaces and they're going down to eight. So again, parking is a problem. And it seems to me there might be, there should be a city code about these parking lifts, which may be more planning commission than DRC, but um, I just don't know who will be liable if, if these things fall apart. Um, the, also, the design, we're concerned that uh, this modern contemporary just kind of clashes with the buildings that are already there. Those pictures that were shown at the beginning of the presentation, they're mostly Mediterranean type buildings or kind of a low slung, maybe nondescript, but that modern contemporary just doesn't seem to fit in. So those are the main concerns, parking lifts, adequate parking and building design. Thank you. All right, our next speaker is Tom Harkins. Tom, okay. Tom you've been unmuted. unmuted. Very good. You may begin okay. speaking. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I, um, you know, I don't live in that specific area. I live on the other side of, you know, up, up on the other side of uh, Main Street. Um, and, but I, I took a walk down there. I do sometimes I do a lot of walking and whatnot. And I, I took a walk down there last night. There was absolutely no parking in that area on garden street on either side with all those spaces. Um, you say it was, it was mentioned. It was 16 spaces. A couple of them had 2 cars. Um, there were some residents of the wave. That, um, were kind of distraught. They were familiar with all this going on. There really is no parking, and I, I, I don't. There's, there's a history there when the wave was put in, of concessions and kind of these ideologies about not needing cars. But you know, pretty much, I think pretty much everyone uses a car. That's just and and with something like this, the the T four point three development on such a small lot. I mean, I, I just think it does. It's kind of a. It seems kind of absurd that it would be. That you know they would actually want to design something of this scale on such a small lot just just because it's in that particular 
part of the downtown plan. Um, I did, I, the request I have to the DRC, and I think I already know some of the answers, is if you could clearly state your jurisdiction, or I think I've heard the word used tonight, purview on parking, comment on parking for car wash, your part, your, the parking combined with the other project that was mentioned earlier on Garden Street, forward uh, parking and density public comments to the Planning Commission and agree to it. And this was recommended by a, a, a city council member, a former city council member, a, to agree to a joint site visit before making any re recommendations or decisions. I put together a pretty, you know, like a fairly, you know, maybe about a page or so email. If you could take a look at that, I'd appreciate it. But it just there's there's absolutely no parking there at all, and I, I don't think a warrant to increase the size, which would increase, you know, more more residents, is going to solve a problem there. So that's what I have to say. And I I just would recommend. Oh, oh the other recommendation from the former council member was. We're doing this kind of backwards and the city is kind of doing it backwards. They should make sure they get this parking straightened out first with the planning commission. And and before they go into the details of this design. Okay, thank you. Our next public speaker is Patty Overly. Thank Patty, you. Patty, you've been unmuted. You may begin. Thank you. This development is either too dense as proposed or the parking requirements are too low, or maybe it is both. I have visited the site over the last couple of weeks at different times of the day and different days of the week. This is what I have found. One, the existing site as is prior to any development does not provide enough parking for the existing complexes on the same block. Two, the proposed building design will exponentially increase the on-street parking needs of the area. Three, the 21 spaces proposed by the Samet Apartments is not enough based on the existing limitations for parking in the area. Four, the adjustment of the street curb lines for the Samet Apartments will lower the parking spaces on Garden Street. These spaces will not be exclusively used by residents of the Samet development. Five, the parking component for the project needs to allow for a greater number of vehicles parked on site. Six, this parking issue is not exclusive to this development. The city infill is creating high density population centers without matching the parking needs of the citizens of Ventura. The city is allowing developers to create parking issues that will not go away on their own. If a parking structure is needed to support high density development, pass those costs on to the developers, build parking structures before a development is completed. Eight. The parking issues will impact everyone, everyone that lives in this city and visits it. The greatest impact will be to the lower income renters that will be required to waste their time looking for a non-existent parking space. They will be required to park in other areas and walk into their neighborhood. Nine. This citywide lack of prop parking situation will increase street crimes 
in the area. Women, young and old, who have to park outside their neighborhood will become victims of street crimes. Please solve the parking issues being created by this high density epidemic happening in Ventura. Thank you. That was our final public speaker. Okay, thank you everybody. This closes the public portion of this meeting and brings it back to the board for discussion. Would any of the members, do I just start pointing out, would any of the members like to make any comments regarding this project? Just gonna call your names. Tony, do you have any comments? I guess I can get us started. Um, I staff brought up the issue with that corner um, and sort of the the heavy uh, chunk of mass that's kind of up up above the fourth story. I I tend to agree with that. I it doesn't look sort of supported. It doesn't kind of come all the way down to the ground. Um, it looks like just up on the fourth story uh, uh, on the roof deck. It's just open roof deck behind there. So um, I would be in favor of some other type of treatment um, for specifically that corner to um, kind of re reduce its weight and, and mass a little bit. Um, overall materials, um, I, I, I'm a bit neutral on. I, I don't. Um, I don't hate them, but um, they're uh, just sort of, I don't know, kind of, they're very just neutral. Um, I don't think that they particularly uh, contribute or, or take away from the character in the neighborhood and some of the existing residences. So I, I think they're, they're fine. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at that for now. Thank you. Daniel, do you have any comments? Yeah, um, I, I won't really go in the order, even though thank you for listing everything on the side that you kind of want, um, want us to talk about a review. I, I think my, the start for me is always, how does the pedestrian get from the street to the building? And with this project, it's very unclear any hierarchy whatsoever um, of how you go from the street to the courtyard or the street to um, the building itself. And so I, I think there's a missed opportunity. It looks like you started to break up the building into two distinct components. And you could start to begin to see the courtyard in the middle between them. And you, you instead of expressing a a staircase from that level from the from the ground level up you kind of hit it to the side of it on the street that we're looking at on the top and the same thing with the bottom it, it's kind of your entrance is just a small little portico inside of to a kind of really weak lobby and so I, i'd want to see those things as like those are your big moves when you're designing a project is how, how do you get to inside the building and where's the hierarchy or the established kind of, you know, vertical and and horizontal openings in those areas. So 
just talking about the the side of this building and how it looks heavy it, it you're kind of articulating a, a, a corner that that on the base of it doesn't really have anything there for it so i think just from a massing kind of building exercise i i think you should kind of shift a few a few elements and i think that would help with actually um contextual appropriateness for if you kind of really made uh, a real hierarchy into how do you get to your building um the parking placement's fine um i i think i think you're okay there um the the catwalks i think i think there was staff who recommended another staircase and i think you can get rid of those catwalks that span in between those to even break up the building even more um and then just just the materials yeah i, I would agree it's just it they're not you know it's just the bland it, it's just a little bland so I, you know where's where's the sizzle at right um so i don't know I, I think if you started breaking up the massing and you started really looking at how do you get into the building um into appropriate lobbies or up to the courtyard I, I think that would help a lot and then so the east elevation i wouldn't leave it that blank you know this isn't a zero lot line building i know you're not going to have the greatest views but it's still a little it's still an option to get some circulation light into the building and so i, I think that's it for me Thank you. William, do you have any comments regarding this project? I do. Um, well, I concur with both the committee members before me, so I'm going to try not to repeat too much about it. The contextual appropriateness, I, I that's kind of hard because the, the, the context within around the building is pretty eclectic. Um, so I think that that actually works. The, the heaviness on that corner, um, yeah, that that's really for me. That's really awkward. It feels real heavy, almost like it wants to fall over. But it's it's too heavy with nothing nothing below it. It might just be a material. I don't I don't know for sure. Um, particularly so. The, yeah, yeah, the east elevation. And thank you for that list on there. I'm just gonna follow that. Go down it. Um, yeah, the, I agree with uh, committee member Salty that, that there should be some articulation on that blank wall. If it was zero lot line and it went right up against the other the building next door to it, it it would make sense, but it's it's not. And just like the building that is next to it, it has a lot of blankness next to it, but at least it has some windows. So there is some articu articulation there. So I think there should be more articulation on there. Um, Four-story footprint, I'm really okay with that. I think that, that that works in this in this building. And so I kind of support both the exception and the warrant. And the parking placement, um, yeah, th that's the other one. Then I agree with that. I actually appreciate the the puzzle, I hope it works. Um, I've done it before and it has worked. And dedicating less space to a car is um, is a good idea in my opinion. Parking is, to the to the people watching or to the to public, parking is a problem for sure, but it, that's not, that's not, it's our problem, but it's not really, it, it's not within our purview to, to deal with how our city deals with parking and more, maybe more than that, how it deals with um, uh, transit and how and mass transit, how we get around and why we rely on a car so much. Um, and that's about it. I, um, I'd like to see it see it move forward with some adjustments that, that all of us have said. And I, I agree with all, oh, you have more? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, uh, uh, Daniel said this, but I'm gonna, just going to piggyback a little bit on it. The, 
Yeah, it it just feels banal to me. It feels it feels like vanilla. Uh, I think they're what did Daniel Zell say? Sizzle? There there I don't there's something that it just feels a little bit banal to me, like there could be something more. And I, I don't have any direct um, recommendation or comment on that. I, and I, cause I don't really know what it is, but it, it, there's something that just feels a little bit vanilla and we could spice it up just a little bit somehow. Um, and I, I don't even know that you do that with anything like ornamentation necessarily, but there's something, there's something missing for me and I'm actually not quite sure what it is. Um, I agree with everything that you guys said. I'm fine with the exceptions and the warrants as well. I think the challenges on this project are, is the is the actual the building design. I think the applicants um, made a good effort to create articulation compared to the previous presentation that they did, where the building the previous building presentations appeared to be a lot flatter and didn't have a lot of articulation. I think the applicant, the architects did articulate the building by creating the balconies and the eaves over the balconies. I think it's just how they did it that creates the challenges for me. Um, the heaviness, from my perspective, is comes mostly from the horizontal lines from the the cantilevering roofs and reliefs above and below the decking areas. The thickness of it, the color of it, I think creates the weight on it. The other challenges I think are the the fake wood that goes up the side of the building or whatever that material is, I think creates challenges. And that also brings it around to the corner. I think that the that if you maybe eliminated on that fourth floor, eliminated the reliefs on the on those the trim pieces, that might just allow a, a simpler element on the top of that fourth floor. I, I would personally like to see less colors on the buildings. I think you have enough relief on the building themselves that you don't need to enhance it by by adding colors to it. I would say the horizontal go even further. It's interesting that the previous building that we saw was so simple and had one color, but they are they did articulate things um, better than I than I think this did. I think this would do better by having less color on it because there's more articulation, and I think that would actually create an opportunity then to create the hierarchy for that main entrance that Daniel was talking about. And I agree, you can't tell where the primary and secondary entrances are to this building because the, the paint and the materials on the facade of every piece of the relief on the building overpower anything that that is an opportunity for the entrance. So. With regard to the physical articulation of the building, I think it's fine. I think reducing down the paint colors and the and the materials. I would love to see the limestone maybe on more and remove the fake wood thing completely. And I think that could be a limestone and a stucco combination, I think are really beautiful if if they're done well. As far as the back 
part of the alley there. I mean, I'm, I'm not an architect, so I, I'm not exactly sure how to, how to address it, except follow what the recommendations of the other board members mentioned about perhaps adding windows in there. I don't know if there's other relief that they can wrap around instead of just ending things on the corner. Maybe they can wrap wrap around it and then as I brought up before, maybe. Bring in vertical green, I think is really going to help if there's any kind of metal trellising or something that will add a 3rd dimension to that side. I think would really would really help relieve those parts of the building. I, there really wasn't a landscape plan to look at just that those that preliminary layout. So I, I really can't comment on any materials or. Any articulation of our, our hierarchy of plant material on the deck or on grade at this point. Um, but uh, I, I agree with the staff's concerns about the weightiness of the building and. And, and maybe maybe changing the lightening up the paint colors or just having less of them might be part of it without completely redesigning the building. Um, so it says here just to make a recommendation. Do you does, does staff want a, a specific recommendation? Do we a, a formal recommendation? What what exactly are you requesting of us for this? Yes, ma'am. Similarly to the previous item, we're requesting that you forward design recommendations to the Planning Commission. Um, staff has identified some of the areas uh, on this slide that we believe um, could benefit from some design feedback from the Design Review Committee, um, but also any other design recommendations that you would like to pass along to the Planning Commission. So do any, thank you. Do any board members have any a, a list of any recommendations based on our comments to each other that they'd like to state for staff to submit? <laughs> Don't all speak up at once now. <laughs> um, Should I take a step? Please. Motion. Please. So I'll make a motion to forward to the Planning Commission that the board um, appreciates the design revisions that the applicant had made. Um, and uh, let's see. Go back to my notes. Uh, the board would, would recommend design approval with the following conditions or recommendations. Um, that a stronger entry uh, be considered. Um, that additional articulation be added to the, uh, let's see, what is that, the east elevation, the four story east elevation facade. That the massing of the uh, fourth story element at the corner of Garden and Santa Clara be reduced or, or revised to reduce the uh, apparent weight above the fourth story. 
um, that the fourth story footprint percentage is uh, acceptable as shown, that the placement of the parking is acceptable as shown. I believe that's it. And if my committee members wanted to add anything to the motion, I'm, I'm happy to consider that. The only thing I'd like to add is what Daniel said about the the walkways between the buildings, if they could relocate access to eliminate those. I'd like to include that as part of the motion. <clears throat> is there a second? Do, uh, one more before we go to the second. Mm -hmm. Any recommendations on on uh, consensus on materials that consider putting in here? Materials, colors. Well, I've made my comment about that. I love natural natural materials, so bringing in the limestone versus limestone and a fake wood material. I think simplifying those would be appropriate. Well, for me, I, I, I don't, not really knowing what the, what the composite, you know, quote unquote composite wood is, is hard to say. So we don't have a materials board. So it's hard for me to comment on that because there's, there could be, there's a whole range of quote unquote composite cementitious, cementitious uh, boards, et cetera. So I, I can't really comment on that. The architect did a good job defining a base material, and then there's three different materials on the vertical surfaces, and I think we would just want those simplified, right? I I would. Yeah. I agree. I concur with that. Okay, and I'll add to the motion to simplify the the uh, facade accent materials. Colors. Colors, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Daniel, do you second it? I'll second it. Okay, William seconds it. Roll call, please. Committee member Groudon. Yes. Committee member Salty. Yes. Committee member Tomasello. Yes. Vice Chair Dunn? Yes. Chair Antelman is absent. Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, 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 um. <laughs> Do we have a uh, staff report at this time? Staff have any reporting to report to us at this time? There we go. Any staff communication? Is there any staff communication at this point? Netta, we can't hear you. Or see you. Netta? There you are. We can't hear you. 
Madam Clerk, can you unmute Neda? Neda is, is, is texting me saying she's having issues, so I'll, I will try to convey what she was going to, uh, going to convey. Uh, okay. This is just kind of an update on what the planning division has, has, has done so far in 2021. Uh, we've held nine public meetings uh, with, uh, in planning, and there have been 21 projects uh, or initiatives that have gone to public hearing. Uh, that was the Vets Clinic appeal that went to the city council. Uh, the DRC made a recommendation to the planning commission. The planning commission approved the Vets Clinic project. Uh, uh, and on the design issues followed the DRC recommend recommendation. Uh, it was appealed uh, and council uh, approved the project again without any changes uh, on appeal. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, also at council, uh, they formed the general plan advisory committee uh, in January, and that's a advisory group that is going to be working with our general plan consultant on the general plan update. Uh, the HPC had a conceptual review of uh, improvements to the pier to the pier ponton. Um, it's the ownership group, uh, while still, I believe, in the same family, is being run by a different part of the family. And so uh, that group, I believe, had a very positive meeting with the HPC. Uh, as DRC knows, we had the Santa Clara mixed use conceptual review. Uh, two other things happened at council uh, commercial cannabis ordinance was adopted, uh, and an update on the emergency streamlining ordinance was provided. Now, what the DRC heard in December was basically a copy of what council received in October. Uh, what the council received in February uh, included the projects the DRC uh, heard about, as well as what happened since October. Uh, so there were more items on, on um, more examples provided to council. Uh, if you want to watch that item, that that's, uh, uh, it's available. I can send you the link if, if you have a question. And then uh, DRC had the bill in all of, all of project that also went to an administrative hearing and, and was approved. Uh, and then the vets home funding, this is not the vets clinic. The vets clinic is, um, is the VA clinic. The vets home is a, a housing project that the DRC had seen, well, I'm not even sure if it was in 2020, actually, uh, but uh, we had a funding item that went to council. Uh, we also, in that time frame in January and February, uh, have received and are reviewing 14 new planning projects. Uh, there are a number of projects in the queue, as uh, Netta has mentioned. Uh, the DRC's agendas over the next few meetings are going to be uh, very busy as well as the planning commissions uh, because there's a lot of projects that are now ready for hearing. Uh, with that, I'm uh, available for any questions. Did we ever find out what happened to Chair Andelman? We did? Peter, can you read lip? <laughs> can you read lip what Nada has to say? I have to stop sharing because when I'm showing the slides, I can't see any of you. So I can't. Well, she's not talking now. I she was. She just mm -hmm. wasn't here. I just couldn't hear. Netta just texted me that he couldn't make it. Oh, the end. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. So our next meeting is on the 17th? Yes. Okay. Um, I guess this meeting is adjourned. Thank you, everybody. And good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Thanks. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>